uh, business out of this too. So if you don't have a drink or, or whatever you have, feel free to go ahead and, uh, and uh, please support this wonderful business. Um, look, we've got a great city, mm -hmm. and I, I'm really proud to represent uh, this area and, and all the city. Uh, and I wanted to take the opportunity to come out tonight. We know there's a lot of things that's been happening throughout the city. Um, but just hear from you guys, and uh, let's just, you know, I'd like to inform you of what all was going on um, that we've been working on. And let's just have a, have a good, good conversation about things. So um, a lot of this part of it for me is, is listening. So I want to I hear uh, from you as well what your concerns are, uh, what, you, what more I can do for you as your representative. And uh, so if, um, if it's okay, um, you know, I'd like to see. I'm going to get it. I just open it out straight up, folks. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm Jan Splitney Jones. Uh, I've been working with Destiny and the people who are close to this. I know there may be some supporters of this, people who don't know anything about the project, and that's fine. Um, and when he says moderate, I can just hear things. We need to keep things civil and everything else. Thank you, Rich. We never have problems with that. So at any rate, that's not an issue. But I thought it would be important, and I just want to kind of set the table in terms of uh, you know, speaking very broadly about what some of the concerns are. Uh, and what, what, what this isn't about. So, because a lot of the social media things get confused very quickly. So, uh, everybody that, is, that you know, is in the desk group and uh, all my neighbors support healthcare. That's not, that's a non-issue. Uh, we support healthcare education. We have a pharmacy school and a medical school here that no one is objecting to. They're here, they're fine, we're, we, don't, we don't mind that. Uh, however, uh, we all bought homes here in these planned communities because it's a nice quiet, nice, quiet place. This is a shopping center. The developer of this bought a shopping center that isn't zoned for a 12-story class hospital. Uh, it's not zoned, uh, uh, you know, it's in a 200-year floodplain uh, that's counter to sort of the, the, the general uh, municipal code with respect to where you place things. Um, we don't have, a, uh, you know, a... a, a a camp at down the Tolly Park. Um, and this whole thing has been handled from day one, as this was just a surprise. We opened the papers up on December 20th of last, uh, of last year, and Carlotta was going to be the hospital. So all along, this has been somewhat of a problem. It is a huge impact on the quality of life in this neighborhood uh, and the neighborhoods immediately adjacent to us in West uh, Elk Grove. And I, I would basically say it also impacts the rest of Elk Grove because there's literally thousands of cars. There's parking lots of about 3,500 cars, and in cars and out cars coming out of here during the day is going to be significant. So there's a lot of issues with respect to this. We're on a specific flyway that's all used by geese. We don't have helicopters over our house 24-7. Uh, so this is this is a very important issue for this for this neighborhood. Uh, and again, if, if we need a 400-unit hospital somewhere in Elk Grove, there's plenty of open space around the road and elsewhere where this could be built Grant. if it's actually needed. Finally, enough already with the Elk Grove needs a hospital. I'm not putting words in your mouth, but the mayor seems to, you know, even as recently as last month on the radio, failed to point out that Dignity, which, who actually has experience building a hospital, already has a city-approved hospital uh, well ahead, advanced in the permitting next to, next to Costco. Mm -hmm. So it is not like uh, Elk Grove is going to be underserved. It's, it's all those factors are, are in there now. And so the, 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 the uh, opposition you're getting from this neighborhood is not anti-medicine, it's not anti-education, it's 
We want the quiet enjoyment of our neighborhoods. There's nothing wrong with that. And CNU is perfectly capable of, if they really need this hospital, putting it somewhere that's more appropriate. Thank you, Jan. I really appreciate that. Um, and a couple of things that, you know, I wanted to clarify at this moment, too. Uh, I, I got to say, um, just, just so it's clear, because I feel like uh, maybe it's not for folks. Um, there's only, and you referenced this, there's only one person uh, on the council that's been unabashed on the full support. Right? And it's not me. So I, I just want everybody to know that. I've been... I've been supportive of jobs, I'm supportive of healthcare and concepts, but I, I've also been very clear that there's a lot of details to work out and there's a lot of concerns that I have. And so uh, I, I want folks to know if everybody, anybody's ever reading that, that I'm in full support uh, or, or they hear that I'm in full support, I hope that you will listen to me tonight. That I'm trying to keep an open mind, but I have my concerns about the project and the way that it's being, uh, I should say, processed. The lack of outreach that's been done, the engagement with the business owners. And I've been very vocal to the applicant about my concerns. And so I, I, you guys should know that. And there's conversations that, that happen and I am representing your area to let you know that those what you were saying about not not getting informed, not hearing about uh, getting our businesses here that we all patronize uh, or patron and, and we enjoy or is being threatened and not being uh, accommodated for. Those are my concerns too. I frequent this place, I frequent the Abbey. Uh, you know, we've been to the, all these stores, you know, uh, PT and, and others around here. So. <coughs> And again, for those who don't know, I mean, I, I live in Laguna West. I'm not in Stone Lake, but I'm in Laguna West. So I'm here, I'm here on the far west. So these things affect me. I have family and, uh, and good friends that I've grown up with my whole life that live in Stone Lake. So I am invested in as much as Stone Lake, as Laguna West, as Lakeside, and Cloud Elk Grove. So I wanted you all to know that as well. Um, yeah, Stacey. Um. Do we have to I So the overwhelming response uh, from a lot of people who have little or you no know, knowledge of CNU's proposal that are supporting it is that they want a hospital off road and they think that it's going to be the first and only option that they have. I'm wondering why has the city been highlighting CMU's project while providing no information about the pro uh, progress of Dignity Health Plan and they're much closer to coming to fruition and on top of that what would you or the city be willing to do to eliminate the inequity of information available to the public regarding CNU and Dignity Health's hospital plans? Yeah, so that's a great question. Uh, I, I ex I'm expecting uh, the city manager, Dr. Cohen, over here tonight, and I I'm happy to address that personally with them. But I also will say Dignity Health's approvals came back in, I think it was 2012 or 2013. Um, I understand because of their entitlements will be expiring soon, they'll have to come back in 
And Stacey, to your point, I think that when they come back in, that'll be an opportunity for us uh, to, to have. So, and another note, I mean, my wife works for Dignity Health, okay? So I, I also, you know, have a, a lot of great respect and empathy for all the healthcare providers. Uh, but, you know, my personal household, uh, you know, we have dignity health in our, in our family, okay? So I've also met with uh, Phyllis and, and folks from Kaiser, so I've been doing my own due diligence on all of this. I'm learning more about healthcare than I've ever imagined or ever thought I would do, especially at a local level. Um, and so um, I, I'm, you know, I'm just learning about this process as all of you. So the inequities of, of advertising, I think, is... You know, the only thing I can, I can equate it to, I'm not making excuses, but just, you know, what I see out there, they, um, CNU is going through its app process application process. And for those of you who haven't heard me speak before, this development application process is not uncommon, right? So they, they, they put forth their uh, environmental document and they're doing their studies and their analysis, their traffic studies, noise studies. Uh, I, I do know that there was a helicopter uh, study uh, recently, um, and so they're doing all of that stuff that you know I, I would imagine um, Dignity would have done something similar when they process their maybe not a helicopter pad because that's a, it's a totally different thing. So uh, that, that's what what I would say on, on the outset uh, in terms of the, the inequity. Said the process for the land use application is passed already. So again, when they come in for design uh, approval or and a resubmit for to re-up their entitlements, though, that would be the time when you know we can broadcast that application. And then I would just also uh, say that the the path that uh, CNU has chosen to take with their application, doing a press conference around an application, uh, that's it's I would say it's unusual. It's unusual, right? Usually you submit an application. And it kind of just goes on and on and on until when, you, when all of us hear about it, it's a public notice because it's at a planning commission hearing, right, or a uh, or a city council hearing. Um, maybe if you live in a certain range, you would hear about the environmental document being being performed. So that's the normal process for development projects, and this one was unique in, in that sense. Yes, Tom. I can talk pretty loudly, um, <clears throat> Darren. How long we've known each other? Oh, okay. All right. Well, they have karaoke here on Friday. My name is Connie Conley, and I live in District 2, which is, couldn't get any more further from um, District 1 in the rural area. So when they say that this project is NIMBY, well, those of us in District 2 must be NIMBYs as well. Darren, how long have you known each other? Over 10 years. Yes. Okay. I want to believe what you said. But at the very press conference, when all of us found out about this project, you were quoted as saying, and I'm paraphrasing, this project is going to be good for my district. I am excited for this project coming to my district. Now, you, you said that then. So do we believe you now, or do we believe you then, that you, your, your mind is now unopened? Because you said, this is going to be good for my district. I hate to, I want to correct you. This isn't your district. It is our district. It belongs to all the people. <laughs> we are now going to be their elected officials. 
FY district voting now. But it isn't yours. You don't own it. The city belongs to all of us, all 170,000 of us. So when I hear people say my, I immediately shut off. So Darren, I've known you a long, long time, and I want to give you the benefit of the doubt. So please explain why you said that then sure. and what you mean now. Yeah, so a couple of things. First, you've known me a long time, so you. I hope you also know when I say my district, I mean, I was making a speech, but I didn't literally mean it's only me and all about me. I've never been that way. And you can ask anybody that, you know, one thing that's pretty consistent with who I've grown up with, uh, family, friends, coworkers, uh, I'm, I'll put that out there. I mean, I think you may not agree with me, but I don't know one uh, that I know questions at least my integrity uh, and sincerity about things. So uh, when it comes to those words on that day, I mean, I don't know the exact words I'd say, but I do remember very clear because I specifically made it sure is that the, the, um, that the, the concept was good and that there were many details to work out. So, the, and I'm the first one to say, when people say to me from other sides of the city or even within my own district, our own district, <laughs> not, not as close to here. Um, and, and in fact, I just had the same conversation with, uh, with a colleague at work today. Who wouldn't love a hospital? That's, that's what we get. And you know what I say to them? I'll, I'll tell you exactly what I said. I says, you know, do you like apple pie? I'm assuming say yes, apple pie. <laughs> I said, well then, that, that's fine. But now let me, let me tell you that the apple pie you know, there's no disrespect intended to, to, to anybody, but let me tell you then the apple pie was made of rotten apples and my kids who hadn't washed their hands, okay? You still like that apple pie? I mean, here's, you know, as a civil engineer, the, deep, the devil is in the details. And a lot of times, you know, as all of you I know can relate to, there, when, when, when uh, there, there's excitement, there's excitement around things like MLS. There's excitement around things around the mall. And when we heard that there was this investment in the area that was going to bring good paying jobs, that was going to advance our economic development plan to bring uh, biomedical and biotech to the area and support the, uh, the businesses uh, around here, I mean, we didn't see the full application. We didn't, we, didn't, we didn't know that they weren't going to not say a word to anybody and continue this way. So my, my one point is, from the concept of question. And why did all five I, of you go to that press conference and be wined and dined and all of that without having the, all the facts? There's no wine and dining, but, but there was, there, there was uh, you know, uh, I mean, I, I think I said this back in, when did I hold the informational? Because I was very upset. And David, David can vouch for me. The day that I've, when I found out that no one else had found out and that press release surprised everybody, I came down here, and how late were we here till David? 10 o'clock? Yeah, at least. Talking with David, Jose, Miyabi, I was doing everything I could to figure out what we were gonna do and how, you know, what, what next steps today. My point is, you know, that was a, was a huge disappointment and, and let down uh, for, for me too, and so, um, you know, I, I can't turn back time, okay? I mean, I, you know, that's, that's something, you know, I, I wouldn't um, choose to do. But as you know from that press conference, everybody was there. Our police uh, POA, our, uh, I don't remember, there was a lot of people. Everybody was excited. 
Everybody's excited because of what, what the possibility was, what it could mean. And, and that could still be the case. I don't know. Uh, we weren't excited. That, we weren't excited. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You're right. I agree. My 500 clients, my staff, all that did was invoke the most massive panic. That, by the way, when you have a drunk driving fatality, you didn't mean it, it still happened. You got intoxicated with the lust and the lure of making the press release, and the uh, fatality is all of the incremental damage to the small business. Because we didn't all want it. The people who wanted it got intoxicated by the message of their support, their, their tight-knit people, but nobody came and, and said, we all wanted it. The people here who own businesses and who have multi-year leases, please, whatever we say, don't say we all wanted it. Yeah, we didn't want it. And I, I didn't mean I didn't mean you, but the, the people who showed up, right? The interested parties who were in bed with the other parties. <laughs> so, I, um, anyway, I mean, look, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say that press conference does not mean approval by any means, right? It's as far from it. There's a long process. It's proven to be. I mean, we said it from the beginning, and it still is. It, local approval is one aspect. You still have state approvals. You still have uh, county approvals. Uh, all those things need to happen to fulfill what they uh, want. Gary, we haven't talked about. Gary. Yeah, you're up. I didn't mean to jump in front of anybody, but uh, I got the mic first. So. <laughs> one, of, one of our concerns, Darren, is the, um, I'll use the term accuracy decline of some of the statements that come out from CNU. And if you look at their website, I don't know if you look at their website recently, they continue to say that they are going to begin construction in 2020 and they're going to deliver, quote unquote, deliver in 2022. This is as of a couple of days ago when I looked at their, at their website. So they're still asserting to the community that they're going to begin building in 2020 and open up a hospital in 2022. And we all know that it's virtually impossible, especially as Bill Spaltz had said, that the, uh, just the application to Oshkod is gonna take several years. And then only after that, that, that they can continue discussion. I'm getting King's updates, I'm sorry. Priorities. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> In any event, uh, so, so we're really concerned with the veracity and the accuracy of their statements. Yeah. So they're out there pushing to the community that they're going to open in 2022 when it's possible. So how okay. do you react to you know statements like that where they're really you know being dishonest? I'll use the word dishonest. Shut up. <laughs> dishonest to the community. And, uh, you know, so it really calls into question anything that they have to say, you know, to the community. Even this helicopter test, we, we you know, we, we, have, we have questions about how this was done, whether it's accurate. Um, you know, they came over, they, they came over the freeway instead of over houses. They, they, um, they, uh, they closed down the trail and we're wondering, you know, who paid for, who paid for that. And if they're if they have to close down a public trail for a helicopter to come over and attest, what's going to happen if there's a real emergency? How are they going to close the trail? Are there really safety issues there? So, so when we hear things coming out from them, we really have issues with the with with, with their honesty and the veracity of their statements. 
and we want to have you react to that. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I, I agree, and but that they are not my responsibility. I mean, I am not looking to, uh, you know, I, mean, I guess help is a is, is important. They should do right by the community, and I would hope that they they will. If they want to make these statements, that I don't, I agree with you. I, I don't think. Uh, I, I don't think that that's possible, but they are doing themselves a disservice into, you know, building a trust. I guess it's, you know, they're, they're making these, in my opinion, horrible decisions in terms of outreach to the community and how you go about doing that. Um, and, yeah. I guess, I, I, Darren, I'm, I'm sorry. I guess the question is, if they're doing that now, how can the city council possibly trust them when it comes down to a decision to approve this project and tear down the shopping center? That's a very good question. <laughs> and we'll see when the decision point comes. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, the guy, the guy to red here is way with the I think he's right within Europe now. Good evening. So my question is about project management. The project management, the project itself has a plan. You're a PMP. Have you seen the project plan? Is that available to us to look at? It has a schedule. It has a cost baseline, it's got stakeholders, it's got scope. It has a schedule and everything that these people have been discussing should be detailed out as a part of that because it's time, that's money, that's cost. Um, a turbine engineer craft like that costs anywhere from $3,500 to $7,000 in a flight hour to rent an aircraft like that perform a test, not including the meters to be used. So that was paid for. How that was paid for was included in the price of the project. Have you seen the project plan? I have not. I've asked the schedule, and I have not seen it. Well, I mean, I mean, schedule is one of 11 pieces to that component. I shouldn't be redundant with you on that, but they don't, there's nobody else from the PMP in here. But to, hey, that's awesome, sorry, man. But to that point is that if you haven't seen it, what does it take to get that project planned? What does it take to look at the schedule, the cost baseline, to look at the scope of the project, to see who our stakeholders are, to see what kind of stakeholder analysis there is, because environmental factors as well as people are involved in that analysis to find out a part of the risk as well. How is that being addressed? Who is addressing that? How do we look at it? And where can we get it? Because all the visibility is there in the project plan. Mr. Holloway is here. He can probably answer that. Oh, yeah. Who's holding the microphone? <laughs> Mr. Holloway is the CMU representative, so maybe he can answer that. Well, maybe answer. Sorry to give you a response. I think I might go kiss. I was going to write down the list. I might go get a word. I think I might go kiss. I wouldn't mind this. So, um, first of all, thank you for uh, letting me be here. And I'm going to try and answer your questions without um, selling the project. Okay, so uh, you see me selling the project, you know. No, I'm not for the sale. But I do want to. What I'm really here to do is listen tonight. Wanted to hear what the concerns are. I haven't had much of an opportunity to do that. I've met with Kathy, I've met with Jam, um, but we haven't had a chance to meet with the community yet. We are going to do that. I have to tell you that our focus over the last few months. Our focus over the last few months has really been working with the tenants. And we've made some the retail tenants and we've made some progress there. Um, I hope that we have a press release out tomorrow um, talking about those tenants that have agreed to relocate within the shopping center and those tenants that um, where we've purchased their leases 
and they're going away, but they're going away with money. Um, so there'll be more information about that. I don't want to say who they are because it's private business between the tenants and us. Know. They may we not know. want us announcing their names. <laughs> So that so, doesn't answer the question. Yeah, the I was actually writing. Could you repeat the question? Yeah, Where, who has access to the project management plan? Our representative hasn't seen the plan. Who can see the plan? Because you talked about the schedule, the costs, and all the things. It's all been reported. It's all there in the project management plan. So have where is it? How okay. can we see that? Have you done development before? I'm sorry, what's that? Have you done developments before? There's no question here, just answer the question. Okay, so, so the, question, the point is, a big development project like this usually doesn't have a management plan. You have a concept of the project that is put into visual um, graphics and details about the project, how many cars, how many employees, how big it is, that kind of thing. That's submitted to the city, and then the city begins a process of a full-blown environmental impact report that looks at every aspect of the project based upon the information that's been submitted and every component of the project is looked at as will there or will there not be a significant impact on traffic or air quality or the preserve or whatever or the neighborhood and that all that information whether there's a significant impact or not is analyzed by a professional firm that provides that information. That information then goes out to what's called the, the draft environmental impact report and federal agencies, state agencies, the city, and the general public all get a chance to look at that information and say it's right, it's wrong, it's not enough, it's too little. And then the consultant goes back and fills in all those holes. That's the information that's available to the community about the project. It's the developer, in this case the hospital group, they're the ones that have to figure out how to finance the project. So, but that's something that's not a public issue, how they finance it. Who cares? If they can't finance it, then it's not a place where If a business exists here today, a barber shop and a gym, in a brewery, and you say, here will stand a hospital in one year, two years, or three years, and that's not a fact, and it doesn't exist in the document, then you're scaring everybody in the world with a false narrative, or there's actually a project plan that says, we're going to deliver a hospital by 2022, and here's the plan to do it, but you can't have a, a full-page ad and a press release with every city council member and say, there's going to be a hospital here in two years, and I have a project plan that supports that there'll be a hospital here in two years. There's either a plan to deliver a hospital in two years, or there isn't. Yeah, yeah. Plan timeline is totally in the hands of the city. So why advertise 2021 or 22 to, to push us out of business, to negotiate buyouts, to send small business packing? to give you the power to go to the city to say that your occupancy is low and to get your entitlements on something you weren't yep. entitled to do to begin with. Yep. That's yep. 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 That's right. That's right. Because this is the council member forum. Are you asking forum. me to leave? Uh, no, but you, your role here is to push the businesses out and propagate a story to my, my role here is to get the outreach to the community going. And we How does that go when we try to do something with Mr. Lee and Mr. Chung? 
Yes. What, what did they say exactly to you? Mr. Holloway, in front of everybody, we tried to walk out of the Tefra hearing. Mr. Lee, Mr. Chung said, we're going to negotiate, we're going to relocate. I told you, I'll take the rest of the space until you have your hospital plan approved. I'll give you more money. I'll give you a bigger check. Give me an extension. Here's more money. And you guys stiff-armed me, and I got every text and every email. Tell me it went down somehow differently. Okay. You're absolutely correct. You and I spent an entire weekend trying to okay. get you an extension on your existing lease. And I, I can't remember how many more years you have. Can you remember? Sure, it does, does not, not relevant. The point is, but in the Tefra hearing where Mr. Soon was not at, where I told my three yeah. minutes of the story, your client told the mayor and everybody on the council that they would do this, they would do that. You introduced yourself to me. I said, no thanks. I've been nine months with these guys. And you said, oh, no, no, we're going to make some progress. I got lawyers, I got brokers, I got everything. And you said, Mr. Chung, just won't do it. I don't know why Mr. Lee just won't talk to you, but there's nothing I can do. Was that not everything that transpired and throughout that time? Okay. Right. Okay. And we worked on it. And, and Mr. You're getting a little time out from over here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so just in case you, you're wondering, this is a local business owner. <laughs> he runs a gym here, so that, that's what's going on here. Um, I think... Your question was probably not answered, but no, it's no, okay. No. Uh, you got the answer. Uh, you're up, and uh, can you can this? ask a question to me. Sure. You probably don't know that every tenant in the shopping center signed their lease how many years ago, different owner. Okay? I don't know when you signed yours. I don't know when Dragon Dog did. But in that lease, there's a clause called Section 42. And, what, and I have a copy if anybody wants to read it. Section 42 says the landlord, any landlord, at any time, for any reason, can relocate any tenant to another part of the shopping center, equal or better, and the, but the landlord has to pay all the costs, the relocation, uh, the, re, the rebuilding, the tenant improvements, the cost of moving. Everything. Aren't you moving Every, all the Wait, 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 wait. Every, every tenant here willingly, knowingly, happily signed that lease with that provision. So whether there was a hospital or anything, if the landlord just said, I want you out, I want you to move, the landlord has that right. You, Mr. Brown, every tenant, sign that Lease. Mr. Holloway, everybody in the state knows that a vacant building needs to have a four lease sign on it. The city's looking the other way while you break another state law that says for rent, for lease, otherwise it's abandoned property. So don't give me what's in 42 of an AIR. And I think you're actually like taking this a different way because the answer was can we get a copy of the project plan? Yes or no? It's so agile that it's schedule doesn't exist. It's so agile that schedule I think we've heard enough. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Wait, Darren, let's go. Okay, Darren. No, I don't think we should move on until we find out the answers. Okay, that's fine. But I also, just to be clear, shouting, let's kind of keep it flowing because we've got a lot of people. I'm sorry, is Brian? Can I hear that? No. Oh, that's all right. You didn't ask. I didn't, I didn't get it, but that's, no, that's, that's the guy in the red shirt. Oh. That's okay. So I, I, don't, I know what you're talking about, as you mentioned. Right. I don't think one was created. Not everybody does. He just, he just said it's at the city. 
and a process which terrorizes neighbors is no good at all. And as a leader, you should say, I'm not going to put this community through this multi-year process with a partner that's unwilling to work with the community. Just say, I'm not going to do it. First so of I'll all, ask my question now, since you're not going to. No, I'm going to tell you right now. First of all, the, the folks have to remember, we don't own this land. They own it. They, it's like you, you own your house. Entitlement. It's entitled for one no, thing. No, 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 no. I understand. I understand. But at this, they are the owners. They're not optioning the land. They own the land. If they had no application today, they could kick you out. By the way, I, I, sir, I'd love to sit down and meet with you because uh, you know, we have not. So please, uh, I'd love to send me and hear, hear you as soon as we're paid in detail. Okay? They, they have that right, which is very challenging for, for us at, at, as a city, right? We can't dictate what people do on property they own. That is it's it's very frustrating. It's about the literally about you know, get a loan or something on, on, on this if people or who, or if you want to sell it even. Tefra. Let's just say you want to sell it, right? Tefra. But is going to force you to go, to go through a public process. And when you produce that document to, to show investors, will you please in, in, uh, uh, look at this? Let me tell you something. Land use entitlements is one, but other things are going to be uh, an issue for their consideration before an institutional bond lender is going to give you money. I mean, that's the highest threshold that they're going to have to go through. Right, so this this was by no means a, a permission. I mean, it was a permission to look, but now they've got to go through a higher threshold. They've got to go through the nonprofit process, which is now governed. They, they can't hide behind a private, you know, corporation stuff anymore. They've got to come out publicly as a nonprofit. They've got to again uh, go to the uh, bond investors on Wall Street. They're going to have to produce a report that investors uh, may want to. A nonprofit so that has zero down. money. They have zero money in that nonprofit. I get it, and that and that is a very good test right now, right? That we're going to see. We are going to see. So, you know, the that Tefra is gonna, it gives us more ability to see what's going on and shines light. Just a quick footnote, and we, I think we actually have a question. Uh, okay, the footnote is for those of you who aren't following. Tefra was uh, is a. Uh, is a uh, basically bonding program the city approved that they go forward and seek this uh, bond from the California Public Financing Authority, uh, which is located of all places in Kings County. Who knew? Um, and uh, basically, they're responsible uh, for trying to figure out whether or not they can issue uh, bonds to nonprofit uh, entities. This went from a for-profit hospital to a nonprofit entity. Uh, the uh, there was a foundation uh, that the uh, Pharmacy school had that used to give out apparently, uh, uh, you know, scholarships and that sort of thing for students. At one time, they had a, a bank account that had forty-five thousand dollars in it. Uh, last year, it had zero, uh, and now they're uh, they, they have authority to borrow up to uh, nine hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> so I'm going to get into capital business. Okay, your question. All right. Um, for those who don't know, my name is uh, Amar Shergo. I live uh, here in uh, Stone Lake. Um, I endorsed uh, Darren Swen when he ran. I contributed to his campaign. Um, I, sent, I spent money uh, sending 
think thousands of flyers out to Elk Grove voters asking them to vote for you. So I'm, I'm troubled about your behavior today and on this project. And I'd like to ask questions about that. When you were at um, the, we had the public meeting at Sacramento the Asian Sports Foundation, you said that you had not taken money from CNU, uh, but have you taken money from CNU? I, I said I, I did not remember. I didn't, I, I had, because there was a, a, a campaign, there was a lot of uh, uh, contributors. Do you remember taking money from them now? There, there is record. I had to go back and check the, the record. So you've taken your money from CNU, correct? I've taken a, I've taken a little bit of money that they used to be funded, which, you know. He's hearing a yes, no. These are not politicians asking. You take your money from CNU. I know you're aligned with the mayor, Ron. You, you could claim that you are here at the Muslim community, but look, let's so just. How much money and effort did I put to elect you, my friend? Don't, don't put the mayor into this. This is about me and you. You've taken your money from that CNU. Was, that was correct? what you Correct. I took a little bit of money. I was received a little bit of money relative to what what he gave to the mayor. And again, that was to run against the mayor. Right. And you were, were, right you were aware the of the CNU project for many months before the press conference. No, I wasn't aware. I, I knew I knew that that they were doing something over here. So but you not, were, I you were aware of a CNU project for many months. They were interested in, I thought, bringing biotech and biomedical. So you were aware of a CME project for many months, and during that time that you were aware for many months, did you have a public session to let your neighbors know, let us know that, about the CME project coming out of the world? He's a, he's a prosecutor. He's like, launching questions. Well, like, I'm actually, 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 yeah. 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 Well, that's good, because he gets more than three minutes here. You were aware you didn't have a public session with anybody. It was not, a, there was not time to have we're a public session. Now. We just, we're having one now. And we had one as soon as the application was filed. There was no application at the time. There was some like say, somebody saying if they want to open a, a, a business, if they want to open a, 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 if they want to open a brewery, if somebody wants to open a brewery, we don't know much about it yet. I'm learning about it as all of you are. So but I can't get you at my press conference to open my business though. If you had a river cutting, sir, I would be there as soon as I 13 could. Thirteen months before I open. Yeah. No, no, oh no, I'm sorry, I thought I mean, you were asking if you months. have them. It's been, I've tried to support all the it's been 11 months since that press mm -hmm. conference, right? And oh, by the way, not before that, and not since then, has there been authentic outreach? So I guess that's, um, you know, that's the part where you wonder how you I can be there, corn. but you couldn't be here today. Yeah, I that's in your line, so you can ask questions. I really Oh, Excuse me. Yeah, actually, you did. Campaign so. person. Are you in Do you not care? So you're in district one. You voted for the public bonds this part? What did you yeah. support for mayor? No, that is not I want to know. I just want to give you the proof. What are you asking? Say again, what are you asking? So the question is, you voted for the public bonds for the CNU project, right? I wasn't there. No, I did not. I, I was not there. How would you there. have voted? Did you support the public bonds? <laughs> so I support getting putting more uh, public uh, public view or public lens uh, on the applicant and what put them through a higher threshold to try to receive that. Um, is it is it true that you take your money from Wildan and also and also voted for the support? Um, city contracts to Wilbur? 
what does this have to do with it? I, I, want, I want to talk about different times you've taken money and then also sent city money. He, he's to not on trial. He's here to answer questions. He's, yeah, he's really. Right. Complaint. So, if you have, 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 have a legal complaint, you should file a legal complaint. And then get out of line so everybody else can ask questions. So you've yeah. taken money from Wilda and also sent city money to Wilda. I've complied I've complied with everything that that, that campaign he's law finance law requires. Taken money from Republican. I have taken or received money. I don't know. taken money from Popus and then sent money to I think we need to move on. Take him to court if you're not happy. I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I want to talk about safety and security. The reason why I want to talk about safety and security is because I've worked in law enforcement. We moved to this neighborhood in 2007. My husband and I, police officer. I work for a law enforcement agency now. We moved here because we dearly wanted to get away from crime. Crime is something that we deal with on a daily basis. And we don't want that. I don't want to see it. I don't want to bring it. I don't want to see it. Period. I want my children to grow up in a place that is safe. And what I wanted to share with you, and I've shared with you before, is hospitals to trauma hospital will bring a lot of negative things that I do not want my children to see. My children should not walk home from school because they do. Having to see homeless people sitting at the corner with an open container of alcohol. There is a reason why we live here and a lot of law enforcement people. My husband has since passed away. And a lot of people that I can tell you that if my husband was here, he would say, stay there, stay there. But this hospital scares me. It scares me. There was recently a helicopter um, yeah. testing. My PTSD level went up. It was gone. And I was homesick that day because I did not feel well. And, and if you all heard the helicopter, my house was right behind the Chevron station. I could hear it. I'm shaking. It did not, it was not a good time. And it disables me from being a, a parent, right? So that is the reason why. As a dispatcher, I know exactly what happens around hospitals. You have domestic violence people fighting in the street, homeless people walking in the streets. You have gang members who were dropped off and the homies driving down the street. That is just my stance on this hospital. Doing my research in law enforcement, I called to see this level two Trump hospital and I said, hey, by the way, how many uniform employees does your hospital need to service the area? That's UC Davis. We're UC Davis and um, the, the campus. So, how is our city prepared to deal with the level of service calls that are going to be taking place in our area? That's going to disadvantage somebody who has an actual break-in. Did he just walk in? Whose kid has been hit by a vehicle. So can you share with us how, if there has been any study done, to how this is going to impact our local law enforcement? When it's available, it, it should be part of the environmental process right now. 
That's one of the things that need to analyze the impact of the services. Uh, and, and hopefully, when the, the draft environmental impact report is available, we'll have access to all that, be able to ask all those questions. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go ahead and take the children home. Well, we, we, don't, we don't have the information yeah. right now. It's, it's being. But you, you guys have been in the talks with our local law enforcement agency to see. What are the number of uniform employees that is going to take to service the area? I mean, there's going to be many, many costs. That, that is definitely something they have to analyze. So, yeah. And, and, and um, if you're still here, when uh, Samantha gets here, we can see it. It's right there. there oh, hey. There okay. <laughs> um, do, do you know offhand? Uh, if, where they are with that part of the analysis? Did you hear the question? I did hear the question. No, we don't have that information yet, but that's, so that's a very good question. That's something that we'll be analyzed as part of the study because we want to understand all of the impacts to the community. So uh, unfortunately, we just we don't have all the answers right now ourselves. We're, we're waiting for all the analysis to come back so that we can understand how it will impact our community. Well, that is going to be a huge impact, especially for us Frustration is, is is not knowing and seeing this large project that feels like it's coming, but we're at the very front end of the process, right? If a property owner wants to come in and build something in the community, you have to go through a process to review and analyze what it is that they want to do. You can't just say no before you have an opportunity to hear. That would not give them due process um, in order to put their idea forward. And so, any project we always have. In this in this case, um, it goes through much more vetting than a normal project because there's different kinds of entitlements that need to take place and the, 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 the scope and scale of what we're talking about. So it's get, it takes a long time to get through and analyze all of those things before any decision is made. So rest assured that all that information will be available, that it'll all be publicly disseminated, opportunities to, to for you all to, to read through it and make comments and, and let the decision makers know how you feel about the analysis that's, being, that's been performed. Well, I thank you for your time, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Well, I'm Deanna Maloney, and I want to piggyback on her question. Um, I go to Sunbrook Church. Um, just last night, talking homeless, um, we were over there by KFC, and it was me and six other ladies. There was a homeless person. He said he was going to camp out in Sunbrook and by over there at Stansay. And we've called the police several times. He does crack over there, he eats needles over there. We call the non-emergency line, and they come out, they talk to him, he moves, but then he comes back. And we've had several different homeless people. We were scared last night. We went in, and we went in, and then we did our business, and he then moved in front of the doors of the um, business over there. 
and we asked him, can you please move so we could exit? And we stayed together, we parked together. So it's a, a concern now, and my concern is that it can escalate when we bring in the hospital. So what is the city's plan for the homeless now? Um, and is this like that you've got um, affordable housing coming in? Is that gonna be where we can send some homeless? Are, is it going to be, our security going to be brought up? Because it's really heavily there along the Laguna in KFC. Yeah, so I, I feel free to jump in too. Uh, I appreciate you letting us know that. Uh, I would uh, like to reach out to the chief and make sure we get a uh, navigator out there and find out what's going on. I assume they've been in contact, so we'll get more information on that. Um, but the question about homelessness in general is affecting all of us. Uh, there's about 130,000 uh, people uh, homeless that, that are what they call point in time count in the state of California. In Sacramento County alone, there's about 5,700 is the estimated point in time count. I think that was done two years ago. They do it every couple of years. Uh, it's something that I'm, I'm working on in my day job as well, so I'm especially attuned to this right now. Um, for the city of Elk Road, we have a, a, what I call a multi-pronged approach strategy. One of them is affordable housing, uh, to your point. Um, there's something else, you know, uh, I would love to, if not tonight, I'd love to come back and share with you all more about this and other things that are going on in the city. But, um, and we'll see if we get through tonight. But the regional housing needs assessment that's done periodically, is we're going to update right now. It's done through uh, Housing Urban Development, uh, HUD, and uh, administered through SACOG, Sacramento Area Council of Governments, which I sit on for the city. So those reading numbers come back and there's, there's quite more affordable housing we're gonna have to build here, just to let folks know. So that's one aspect, providing uh, enough affordable housing. And we also have to deal with the folks that are already homeless. And thanks to Senator uh, Cooper, we received $5 million uh, to implement the program, the Navigator program. So we have a, a hands-on Navigator and police officer. Is it police officer? Consumer, consumer service officer. Police officer. It is a police officer. Yeah. So they are supposed to go out full time and, and find out what folks need to get them services. And, and to get them off the street, we have transitional houses. So we've got three. We've got two so far. We have a third one um, being built now. And it's for uh, uh, families, um, two of them are for families, and I think one is for uh, single individuals. But the, the strategy there is get you off the street, get you in there uh, for you know three to six months, uh, or one's a little short, shorter period of time. Get you the services you need, get that navigator, um, get you contact that navigator, and to get you off and running into permanent housing. So that, that's gonna take care of um, the people that are homeless now and that want to be helped. So mental health and drug addiction, all those things, we, we want to get them help for all those things. Then there's folks that are right on the brink. Those are the folks that, you know, up, if you're familiar with Uplift Elk Road, it's a relatively new organization. Its mission is to end the cycle of poverty. And where many of you uh, here, you know, might have a support network where if you can't make it to, uh, to uh, um, you get a flat tire. You get a flat tire, you can make it to work. Many of us might call our spouse, call our friend, whatever. But these folks are right on the brink. They don't have a support network. They don't go to work. They get fired. Now they got a car they can't run, and they don't have a job. And so it spirals out. So we have to shore up that, 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 that part of the um, community so folks don't fall through that safety net. Um, we partnered recently with Sacramento County. I think they've got a service um, that, that they'll also help with, um, allow us to 
offload um, some of the folks to get services because the county's trying to do more as well. So um, more help to get people into transitional housing. So it's a multi-pronged approach. We're severely underfunded and, and under-resourced. But the good news, you know, here in Elk Grove, we don't have um, quite the problem that uh, Sacramento County has and Sacramento City has today. But we're doing everything we can to ensure that it doesn't get worse by setting up these, you know, affordable housing, uh, uh, navigation services, and watching uh, get some folks in this now. And then that support network so people in the fall, you know, like that one around that third deal, become homeless. Because once they become homeless, it's a lot harder to get them. So it's a multi multi You had mentioned about possibly another um, meeting. Possibly we can do a district meeting and have law enforcement as well as enforcement code um, at that meeting to answer questions. Because another concern I have, and which would be with this with traffic, is right. We had speeding on El Girl, we had a vehicle overturned, the speeding around our schools. Um, it's there's just not enough enforcement there to keep the speed levels safe for our kids and for the public, and especially with Elk Road. So is there a plan to address um, even the traffic? Uh, yes, but it's a, it's a long-range plan. It takes a lot of money, and we don't have uh, that money. One of the things uh, for immediately on Elk Boulevard, for instance, and I think, yeah, excuse me, I heard you say traffic, but I, I heard you also talk about speeding. So I just want to make sure. Well, yes. Okay. So, so to address traffic, uh, there's a couple of things. One, white lock interchange is critical for us to relieve traffic off Elk Grove Boulevard. Because that's, as you know, at the, the interchange on 99 and Elk Grove Boulevard is, is horrible. So we got to get that built. It's in the planning phases. Um, Camera Road will also give another route, and that's finally built as well. Hopefully, uh, that will also be serve as our marketing window for 300 acres of employment on land that we've already leveraged uh, to developers. Um, we've, we've basically forced them to give us part of their, their, their money from their loose district to um, invest in doing sewer, sidewalk, storm drain, interior roads. But we need that marketing window, that last piece, which is camera road on the southern end, connecting 99 to I 5. That's another thoroughfare that can relieve some traffic uh, off of the upper floor. And then uh, uh, light rail extension uh, for folks like myself, I commute up you know, I-5 and 99, and I'm seeing zigzagging back all over the place. But extending light rail down to give folks another option. And because we can't, you know, uh, I'm proud to say, you know, serving on SAFOG, serving on STA, Sacramento Transportation Authority that disseminates measure a sales tax measure for transportation projects in Sacramento County. We advance funded monies to Caltrans to move the HOV name project that's happening right now, three years ahead of schedule. So um, it's going to be some pain for a while, but after a few years, we're going to have an HOV lane or an extra lane along I 5. So they're doing the bridge work right now. Next, next year is going to be the at least beyond that, we're done. We can't expand 99 anymore. We can't expand I-5 anymore. We need transit. We need better access to transit. We need to produce an employment center for the city to give folks that opportunity to live and work nearby. That's why we need to get Cameron Road in and get that, that business park going. That's why we need to bring uh, transit down. 
Sounds like a good location for a hospital. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, one more question. Okay. On the geotechnical investigation report for on the levy that um, the city approved the 520000 when will that report be available um, regarding our levy? We should have that report now. No, the, uh, we, we did the preliminary report. The, we, the council authorized an additional uh, follow-up report to really assess the, uh, the strength of the levies and so forth. That'll be sometime next year. It's still several months away. Okay, will that be then put on the website and made public? Absolutely. We'll bring that back to the city council. Okay. Um, actually, I have one question for you. On the documents, it, um, and I had asked Darren this before, it wasn't clear because it's kind of vague. Which document? Um, that's under CNU. It indicates that um, a representative from CNU met with Caltrans and they've asked for access control of I 5. Can you clarify, do we still have access to iPad, or what does it mean that um, that it was, you've met with, or a representative met with Caltrans and they're asking for access of I-5? I know about this much about that subject, and I yeah. think what oh, yeah. it was is that the off-ramp coming off of I-5 onto Elk Road Boulevard, somewhere along there, and maybe part of Elk Road Boulevard is still under the authority of Caltrans. So I think they were looking for a driveway off the of Caltrans and off of Elk Road Boulevard. Off of Elk Road Boulevard, never to talk to them. Okay, they said, because I just was concerned that we weren't going to have access and they were asking for yeah. super- And maybe they're trying to get a driver off of the Boulevard. I suspect it was too close to the South Carolina driveway. Okay, you can punch that guy. All right. Thank you. Thank you. This community has been doing a lot of work on a petition to stop the Sydney Hospital. And so I'm going to ask you a question that Nancy Armstrong from The Citizen actually asked me when we first started um, kind of protesting the Sydney Hospital, Lowlands. Let's get a picture. <laughs> <laughs> voters in your district, do you need to be persuaded that this is something that should not go in District 1? Well, every signature I'm going to take seriously. But obviously, the more you have, it's going to show more, for sure. Yeah. I, I don't have a number in mind, Daisy, but... Is there a percentage? No, I haven't. How's 4,000? If, if everybody on the, in your district said... No thanks. Is that a big enough well, number? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. I mean, every voter, that absolutely. is. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm doing voters. I have yeah. an Excel spreadsheet. Well, sure. My entire community is working so hard, knocking on doors. Right now I have to leave because my kids are at home. I mean, we put so much work into this. I'm so proud of this community. I have never been more proud to live in Stone Lake than when I heard about this hospital and we all banded together. So, um... Anyways, my point is, I need a number, Darren. Can you give me a number? I want to just go as high as you can. Do as high as you can. How about, I want to hear. I want to hear from you. How about, say, tell I, me, I how about um, the number that you lost by for the <laughs> 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 Wow. Ouch. Only about 
Walmart. Yeah, no, it's the Walmart. Walmart. And, and Darren, if, if we, if we And if we didn't fight, there would be a Walmart right across the street from Steve Detrick's house right now. Right now. Because we fought. So you can say no. And it can happen. So don't say it can't happen. Oh, no. No, no. Everything he said, I put in front of him. I wrote every word for him, and everybody knows it. So don't give, don't put this on Steve Detrick. No way. Well, uh, 95,000 voters, I believe, so.
My daughter's a biomed major. She wants to be a pharmacist. Let me see what these boneheads are up to, because Davis is a bonehead. Gary <laughs> Davis is a bonehead. He was the first person after four months to reach out and say, I'm doing outreach. Then he showed up with the lawyer, Wagstaff, and the leasing agent, and I laid out a chip shot. I'll say, hey guys, give me an extension month to month till you get your approval. I'll give you more money. I'll take all the vacant space next to me. I'll increase my employment. I'll increase my revenue. I've got it all in writing. I sent stuff like that to the city council. And we're here. We're, we're in the process of doing outreach. It's 11 months since you were at the press release. So the mayor was at the press release. And it doesn't take 11 months to pick up the phone, send an email, or do anything authentic. authentic. Now, I'm here now. I resolved to Mr. Holloway's. You see paragraph 42? Everybody signed it. They were perfectly willing. They read paragraph 42, and they were perfectly willing to know the landlord might decide to kick them out just in case they decide to go to the hospital. B.S. Every lease is made different. I have a relationship with Mr. Conrad. I'm in four of his shopping centers. I've done multiple leases with him. I would never expect him, and he wasn't here afterwards. It was their intention to come and be duplicitous with you, with us, sell this hardball, go fight for the entitlements. The money is in the entitlement. Hospital doesn't have to get built for their basis of $11 million, which by the way, $3 million was uh, theirs, $8 million is borrowed, secured by my lease, Mr. Brown's lease, and every other lease in here. It is a security instrument in a loan that's got the right to quiet enjoyment, which you interrupted at the press release with the mayor without doing your due diligence, and you feel that now, I get it. But that happened, right? And here we are, and my business is on the countdown now of moving out of your district. I have 500 current clients, over 750 people we've helped in this community. They are not happy about us not going to be here next year. And it's a fact. Hospital or no hospital, Holloway said it right in front of you guys, we're not going to be here. They have no desire, whether they get the approval or not, to work with small businesses. They want to buy them off, and they're going to go after the most vulnerable, the most hurting, to buy off for the lowest price so they can make press release statements. They'd rather go make press release in the public than do authentic work with the neighbors. And you heard it here. You watched it transpire. You might have missed the Tefra, but I'm telling you, if you can't see the elephant in the room, I'm not here to fight for my business. I surrender. I won't do business with these clients. They're snake oil salesmen. They've never done anything but put students in federal debt. Everything they do is on the back of a borrower. They don't know how to make a profit. They don't know how to create a job. With the elimination of the businesses they bought out, we've already eliminated more jobs than can be proven will be created here. Every job that will be created is hypothetical. Those marginalized people you're talking about, one step from being homeless, a lot of them were barbers like my brother was. Not a pot to piss in. Not a pot to piss in. Barely making it. And they got to go now because they got a check. And their barber was facing off with these land developers who were aligned with the city who got their lawyers and say, look, I'll give you 10 grand to go away. And so the narrative will shift in the public eye. But you now are watching up close, regardless of what happens in the public eye. The truth is, I'm only here to shine the light on the lack of integrity. I have no more self-interest. I will find a way to keep my business going somewhere. One way or another, but I'm going to make a whole shit ton of noise on the way out. <laughs> and it's going to be and I'm not going to be and that who doesn't have health insurance at that barber shop. You guys saw the, the, the podcast on cancer survivor 
cancer's not in remission anymore, doesn't have health care, here comes the new nonprofit health care provider to kick you out of your small business. So the bottom line is, no matter how you see it, when you're sitting with the big boys in the king suites or whatever you're doing with these guys, you're not here in the trenches with the small businesses. You haven't heard me. That's where my passion comes from. I've been lied to. There's no authenticity in the message. I am not against the hospital. I love my daughter to go to pharmacy school and not have to go to UOP. I sat in the room and laid it all out and said, guys, I'll be your good guy. I'll be your press relief. I'll go out and say, I'll build a gym, gym in your hospital to keep people coming in for cardiac arrest. No, 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 and no. And I'm just going to say it in front of everybody because i got more than three minutes. Yeah. They're lying through their teeth. Yeah. Walk and away, Gary. Yeah. You know, I was this business for five years. I operate in 11 distinct municipalities. Elk Road being one. I have a big business to run like you have a big district to run. I've let this become the most important thing to me, not because of what it means to me, but because you can't do eminent domain in a roundabout way with a council member and a mayor at a council at a public press conference and then go play like you're at arm's length. You're either in with them or you're not in with them. And as a community member and a business owner, I'm bottom line is I want to know who's in and who's out. Thank you for, for all your comments. I know you know you, you had a lot on, on to say. Uh, I still want to sit down with you and, and, and let's talk, okay? Because I, I want to. I, I understand that I'm here. My phone number hasn't changed. My email hasn't changed. You have my email. I've sent emails with correspondence with Davis and correspondence with Wag staff. I did send the correspondence with Holloway. It was just a repeat with new people to buy time yeah. so they can go shape the narrative in the public eye. I'm just going to tell you. There's Lee, there's Lee, and there's Lai. Just make a vote no. on whether or not you're going to change the zoning before all of this money and time, let me finish, time be spent by city people, by our manager, by our planning commission. They're all having to spend money because they're employed and they still, and they don't even have zoning to do this. It just it seems so ignorant to me that the zoning should be number one. And if the zoning doesn't go through, then this goes away. And you talked about it's their property. Yes, it's their property. But it's zoned for something. They can't just do what they want to with it. I have a house. It's a little tiny house. I like my little house. And I can't take that house down regardless of the fact that I have a homeowner's association, but even if I didn't, I couldn't take that house down and suddenly put in a skating rink. Now I could have. Because, and I like to skate, or I used to. I wouldn't do it now. If I feel now, it would hurt. But, uh, you know, that's a, that statement is 
That's a true statement. It's nonsensical because, yes, they own it, but it's owned. So I call upon you as my council person to please get that taken care of first because then all of this could go away. So I know this, this process is, is not intuitive. The, the applicant pays for all that stuff you just talked about. They pay the salaries of the city they, employees. They pay staff time. They pay for the environmental work that's being done right now. That's a that's a standard that's a standard process. And as frustrating as it is, you can't stop them. Now you mentioned earlier about your house and the skating rink. You're you're right. The HOA would say no way. The city would say no way. But you know what? I couldn't do. I couldn't stop you from putting in an application to trial. I can't stop you from doing that. That's your legal right. It's your property. You have that right. We all have that right. And, and that's, you know, that's a hard thing even for, like, me say, hey, trust me, there are things that I said and I just forget it. It's, it's done, you know, I digress a little bit, but there was a Saturday Night Live skit where they walked into the courtroom and he just immediately said, oh, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, seriously, we all go through, we're all human. We go through that. We've got our own perceptions of things. But the, the law, the process, is set up to afford people that chance. What if, let's say, this brewery right here, people don't drink, they don't want to come here. And that came in, and they said, no way, I don't want to be applied by the brewery here. And they just cut it off, right? The, or something we do love or enjoy. It just, that, that's what the law is meant to protect. That's the due process that I was trying to talk about earlier. So it, it, it's... It's frustrating, but it, to, you know, to answer your question, the city isn't spending money. Although, you know, I wish there was a mall we were processing instead. You know, I mean, really, but uh, that's that's not something I have control over. Okay, not that I like it. I, 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 don't, I, I don't like my answer either. I think the point is, we have to go small. We don't need to go small. We don't that's true. Small. Yeah. yeah. My second point is to them is to call them out as very bad neighbors to the people here in Stone Lake. Terrible. Not only just to the business people here in Stone Lake, but to all of the people that drive around here and live around here. They have allowed all of the grass to overgrow. They don't maintain their property. There has been trash sitting out from the party. And I think Mayor Lee was there. And the trash afterwards set outside, was not picked up for days. They are not good neighbors. They have moved some of their students into the Stone Lake community illegally because we have, we have rules there to say. You can't rent out rooms on a one-to-one basis, and yet they managed to get it in there. And then the kids, probably those kids, but some got all of them. Ten cars, and they throw parties because they're young kids. And so we have neighbors that have complained to our homeowners association because they are noisy and they don't follow the rules. And so, just to let you know, they're not good neighbors. What is the city going to do, or what can the city do 
about the fact that they are letting this overgrow. It's becoming a fire hazard. I really don't want to see a paradise city happen here in Elk Grove. Yeah. And I have lots of people that live lived, unfortunately, <laughs> in Santa Rosa, that went through that hell. And we could have that happen here because of silliness that's going on with CMU. So I'm going to defer uh, to Jason because I want to, my tutelage says private property rights. Uh, can we control what, I mean, I know we have certain standards we can call in code enforcement. It's fire on that, but if there's, yeah. yeah. So if yeah. we can do that. There's, yeah, we have codes relating to property maintenance. So if there are weeds that are overgrown and other things um, that uh, that we can have our code enforcement officers go out there. And, have them know. come out during the day when you can really see it, okay? Yeah. yeah. Four, five, five. No, we can do that, absolutely. Is there, a, is there a specific just in front of the medical offices I, that we're talking about? What I've seen is quite a bit any place there's um, grass growing. Well, the individual we'll just look at the whole thing. Yeah. Dead grass, not yeah. grass growing. It's all dead. Dead pie. It's, it's just looks like yeah. somebody abandoned it. Yeah, it's really, it's really got You can probably even see it. I don't know. Okay. Well, Is it on property that's dead. owned by right out here. CNU? Yeah. 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 In the yeah. shopping center? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, we can absolutely agree. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Now, there is a, if, if it's just dead grass that's, that's low, it's not if it's if it's high and it's a fire hazard, then absolutely we can address that. Yeah. Jason, can you talk about the rental within the HOA? Specifically the discussion that the council made with Airbnb and the problems that renting out rooms compared to homeowners. Sure. So Thank you. Um, is the light working? It wasn't working. Maybe somebody can plug it back in. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll try to speak loudly until we get the technology figured out. So Randy's referring to the city council recently directed staff to come back and look at new regulations relating to Airbnb um, or other similar kinds of, of venues because they're proliferating, not just in Elk Grove, but all over the place. And so we haven't developed all the rules and regulations yet. We're working on that. We'll bring that back to the city council in the coming months to put some, some permitting in place and some regulations about what that might look like. Again, I can't tell you exactly what it's going to look like because it hasn't been adopted yet by the city council, but we are looking at that. As far as uh, rentals or specifically that may not go through Airbnb, if somebody just wants to rent out a room, if that's prohibit, the city doesn't prohibit that from occurring. If you have HOA uh, rules that prohibit that, that's we don't enforce any of the CCNRs or HOA rules anywhere in the city. Cities typically don't do that, but as um, an HOA, you have the ability to enforce your own rules. So far, you're talking about this. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> so far, we can. I mean, the HOA. It's hard. Can't go in and strong arm people. It's although hard. sometimes I'd like to do that. Um, <laughs> I think that's why they elect me. <laughs> um, but I think that um, there's only so much you can do. But as an organization, CNU, you could talk to your students, could understand what the community is and what the rules are within the community and help to 
So we, you know, I, I'm actually going to the HOA next week, so maybe, okay, <laughs> maybe we can, maybe we can bring that up, right? And, and then, and, and however I can, I'd be happy to help with, with that outreach, um, you know. There's a drinking game now. Welcome, my name's Kent St. Martin. Uh, I've been uh, in the world since 94. I retired from the ring for 28 years. Thank you for your service. station was communications chief for all of Europe. So I dealt with politics. I've dealt with that. I plan wars. I plan things. And I know that everything is in the details. This reminds me when a general says, take that hill. Well, that's the big scope. And it's important not to make major decisions around big scope. The details and how things will work is in the details. It's in the lower project plans. I don't see any checks and balance. I don't see anything. Once you give up the right to basically change the, the, the uh, zoning of this, you have no power to basically stop it. The politics will keep it going. Now, I know this gentleman has bosses. And if you know corporations, they don't have a soul. They're worried about the money. I mean, that's, it's no, it's, that's what they do. That's why they say, their bosses say, we need a delivery date. We need to make the people happy who are giving us the money. We have to show, we have to hit milestones. So what comes out of here, I'm not, that worry, they are who they are. They're a corporation dealing to put something in here. I agree, I love the idea of a hospital. Look at this street. This is the last street that goes from five to 99, unless you go all the way out. The traffic that's gonna be going through here, look at the traffic just going past Costco. Now, where are all these people gonna live? Excuse me, but there's no buildings on that side of the freeway. Everything's going to come down there. So I don't know who's doing the planning and the impact. That's where everything has to be done. Believe me, if you don't do it right in my job, people get killed. In here, the impact of doing it incorrectly will change this entire city completely. If you put up a hospital, excuse me, it's not just a hospital, there's a phase two to this thing. There's different phases. What are the phases? When you build something, you attract other businesses. Are those other businesses that are gonna come here the business we want in a family community? Is this going to slowly go out? You know, I, I, I just don't see the checks and balance. I see the politics. But I don't know who to talk to to say who is checking, who is responsible. So. No, no, I'm not here to, not, he, he, you know, whoever he did or whatever he's that, he's our solution to changing this. Okay, he is there, he's voted. We're not going to get him out until this thing comes in. So we need to work with this gentleman, show him what we need, what we want, and get him on our side. Attacking him, excuse me, that never gets people on your side. 
So, what are, how are, what are you going to do to ensure we have checks and balances? So thank you for, for all your comments. The process we were talking about earlier, the details that we were talking about, are being assembled now as we speak with the studies. I.e., don't zone it until those you, things are in. You can't, and that's exactly right. That's part of the process. So when the environmental studies are done, it'll, it'll be compiled into a draft environmental impact report. That report will be put out publicly for a 60-day review period for all of us to provide comment, all the public to provide comment, and frankly, all the agencies that they have to consult with as well, right? The governmental agencies, all the regulatory agencies, all the, you know, the county, right? They all have to uh, get a chance uh, to, to weigh in. So then those comments come in, they're processed, and, and, and they have to answer those, those comments, address those comments. And then it's finally uh, put in a final impact report, which is then also publicly noticed, and everybody has the PNCL and all that. Then, and, and Jason can tell me about exact time, but staff will do their analysis and prepare a staff report with all this information, right? And all of you, as public, will also, at that time, submitting, and Dave's going to come forward with 4,000 signatures, right? Oh, no, there's more than that. Oh, there's more than that. All right, so there's more than that. Right? So, I mean, all that's going to be in included into this one big application or package, if you will. And that, that then goes to the Planning Commission for a hearing or consideration. What, what is the point of no return? What is the point that, that I'll go door to door to get signatures? Oh, I know that. Yeah. But I'm not doing it. <laughs> and my neighbors are not doing it. So, I'm interested at that point of no return. What is it? We're going in, and no matter what we do, well, how long do we have? I mean, it's you know, I mean, it's a while. A while doesn't tell me. I, I know. I'm sorry. Well, we don't have. Can you get back to us? We don't have specific deadlines or dates of when this is going to come to the planning commission or the city council. But that's that's the end of the road, right? That's the the city council makes the final decision on whether this goes through, and all of those pieces of it all come together at the end. So the zoning is not going to be approved in advance of the project. Okay. So the zoning comes with the project. It all gets considered at the same time. Because in order to rezone, you need to do an analysis on that as well. So it all, it all comes together. It's all packaged together. I'm hearing a lot of people have hidden agendas. As I, you know, I don't know. They seem to have hidden agendas whether they want it or not. Is there a chance of getting an independent to review this? So the environmental analysis, the staff's review, that's all independent. So well, they're paying for it. Screw but they me. have no control over the work that's being done. We just, they write a check. We direct the work. The city staff does. And so that makes sure that it's all done independently. So they give us the money. We, we, uh, we get the work done and then we review it, making sure everything's done. So that's the check and balance. That's our job to make sure that the all the impacts are properly, fairly, independently analyzed, and then we bring all that information forward to the decision makers. That's the city planning commission and the city council. And and the other thing that sometimes gets lost is the city council sometimes is in a difficult difficult situation because they need to they need to maintain um, objectivity and neutrality through the review process. They serve in a quasi judicial capacity when they're going to they're essentially going to cast a judgment call at the end by the voting on this. 
And so they need to be able to look at all the information. If they were to say today, I'm not going to vote for it, that kind of prejudges all the information before it's ever been presented. You don't give the applicant an opportunity to present anything. And so they need to wait until they have all the facts, all the information, and so including public input. So they shouldn't say they support it or not support it until that comes up. They, 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 no, they can say that. I mean, it's legal to do a non-binding council resolution where you state that we don't want this uh, in our community. You can say that. What's wrong with that? It's his opinion. But more importantly, I think our opinion. perception is broken yeah. for all intents and purposes because while you do have to wait for all of that detail, you didn't when you came out in alignment with it. So even if you get our trust back, it's because you lost our trust the moment that you went out with them at the project and gave them the voice in the community and put the spotlight on them and now they're advertising like it's a done deal. So now if what you're saying is true, we're confused because we saw the mayor, our council member, and the police locking arms with uh, Dr. Chung and staff. And so it's hard for us to see the objectivity that uh, Mr. City Manager has outlined to us today because the perception of objectivity in December of last year, that was the moment where the perception of objectivity changed my optics 100% because even what you said today, had I not known anything else, I'm not my head in agreement with you, so that makes perfect sense. Having been here and saying the mayor said what, the city council said they're doing what, well, the appearance of objectivity went out the window 11 months ago, and so with all due respect, when we use the word objectivity, it's hard to be at the press release proclaiming this is what's happening in our city, and then being on podcasts with iHeart saying this is what's happening in our city, and remaining objective. Have you seen the video, Jason? Or even Darren. The, vid the video Does where staff, Daryl Donan, yourself are clapping as you're passing around the, um, the, the mock-up of the hospital with all the council members. Have you seen the video? I was there, so I know what you're talking Have you seen the video that we see? So I just want to ask you to look at that video through our eyes. Sure. No, I understand that. And I think sometimes, you know, it's it certainly is a little bit uh, confusing in staff and, and city council members, part of you know, the, the, the job is to look at the city and look at all these things that might be happening. One of the things we look at is creating jobs, right? We try to fix our jobs, housing balance. So some, somebody comes forward and they have a proposal. We don't have all the details of the proposal. We don't know all of the ins and outs. And so there may be an initial indication of either, hey, I have concerns with that. And certainly, like Mr. Shergo said, you can certainly express concerns and or you know excitement about a project without expressing hey I will absolutely vote yes on this project or I will absolutely vote no on this project okay that's there's a fine line between expressing no, I, don't think that's true. I think the council member can say I don't support this project you can say it right now there's nothing illegal I think about you're that. wrong I'm saying I have concerns okay my city attorney told me something different that's right so I you know I, I'm well, bring to listen to my city I know you're an attorney well, that's the same I'm city saying, attorney who said you couldn't well, you could win by district he was wrong on that too um, but so you can bring a nice. you can bring a resolution that says we don't support. You're good friends with the mayor. If you want someone to do a resolution, well, talk to the mayor. Well, I supported this guy too. Not not I would say, hey, you got a guy in the mic. You speak. You got. It's fair enough. I, I, this may sound self-serving, but I don't think you want me on the sidelines on this. So I'm telling you that I'm keeping open mind, but I have concerns. <clears throat> A lot of concerns. Mm -hmm. Okay, I think that's good. Please, sir. Start from. <coughs> I'm speaking to someone who's not speaking. 
Hold that thought on, I'll, I'll take care of you, please. Everything aside, let's talk simple aesthetics. See, what you kind of give you a picture, a mental picture, of what you're trying to put into our quaint little neighborhood here. Based on what's on the city website, the two buildings are going to go about, the first two main buildings are going to go about 850,000 square feet. The two parking structures are each about, I think one is 200 and one is about 220,000 square feet. I invite you, there, or the other council members, to downtown Sacramento on the corner of 8th and P Street. If they are building the new California Natural Resources building, it is, an, it is a 21 story, 875,000 square foot building. So if you go to that and you stand up next to that, that is what you're considering to put, put in our neighborhood. In addition, a block away on the corner of 9th and P, at the California Energy Commission. That is a four-story building of about 180,000 square feet. So the two parking, and that picks up, the four-story building that picks up a half a city block in, in size, in literal size. So you're going to, so you are, your city council is considering putting two of those buildings, one of right exactly where I'm standing right here, probably, and one right across the street, in addition to um, the, two, the main building, which is equivalent size of that 21-story building they are building. And in, in, in addition, height-wise, as high as the capital, uh, the highest the uh, supply pole of the state capital building. That size, these size of buildings do not belong in this neighborhood at all. There's another couple buildings that are about 30, 40, 50, Thousand square feet, and another one's a hundred thousand square feet. Kathy will put it best when she called this project total monstrosity, and it is. Going based on your comment, what happened before, as far as the arm in arm, you know, from how they announced it, you guys were all you know smiling and all that stuff. You didn't. I, I'll take you at your word and say you didn't know about the full aspects of this project. We were up there, and all the city council members were up there and smiling with. With Elvin, um, with, uh, you know, I'm saying, okay, let's go for it. It's great for my, it would be great for constituents. Now, 11 months later, knowing how they treat the residents with zero communication, knowing how they treat their tenants, I mean, tenants who is willing to work with them, who give, want to give money to them, right? They turn the blind eye on them. Knowing all this, and their, their behavior by seeing me is at least shady at, and, and borderline unethical for a business that they for a business and they, they show that they don't care about anyone but themselves by the way on the side note if you go on to their um, their website and look at their own mission statement okay <laughs> there, there, there's a six sentence mission statement on there the one word that stands out seven times is the word out our mission, our people, our thing. They don't care about this community. And they don't care about these residents. They don't care about this city. They care about themselves. You look at Dignity with Denise Works. You look at Kaiser. You look at Sutter. You look at every other medical facility. Built in into their mission project is we care about our community. We care about our project, our, our patients, and we care about our people. Not our vision. 
of people are things. It is not self-centered. That has not, the, the, the mission of CNU has not changed. I don't think it will change when they build this project. Back to my, back to my question, based on that. Now that you see how they treat us, and now how they treat basic community, in future photo ops, and basically how they treat your constituents, and we're going to portion are you willing, or would you be willing, to step out of line and in future, in future um, potential follow-up and says, can you tell CMU, you know guys, I do not like the way you, you are treating my constituents, I don't like the way you're treating this whole project. I choose, for now, to step aside and not be photographed with you. Yeah, anything to do with the project, I have stayed out, you know. They, you know, the funny thing is, before all this happened, uh, I, I got, I, I was, uh, I, you know, I was a little, I was a bit uh, wondering because uh, the, they have graduation and white coat ceremonies and things. And, and I'll freely admit that, you know, uh, when the, the mayors were, I was, you know, before Lee, there was Mayor Davis as well, they, they were always invited to, to those things. And I thought, this is, you know, I'm sorry to say again, in my district, this is the district I represent, but I was like, this is interesting because they never talked to me, you know? So I, I felt slighted before I was thinking, what's going on here? But then, of course, since all this happened, and I don't get invited anymore, by the way, because I, I just, I didn't go. So just to let you know, I, I've taken that own discipline myself not to be affiliated uh, with, you know, or give, give any, Perception of affiliation. And you know, no offense to the students, they're doing hard work. They're trying to be pharmacists, they're trying to prepare masks and better themselves. And it's unfortunate they're caught in this mess. I mean, you know, they don't know me, I don't know them. I mean, it's so awkward. Even if I see them at the CSD uh, Harvest Festival, you know, I'm just walking right by. And I'm supposed to be, you know, their leader too. So, you know, but I'm, I'm trying to, you know, you know. Be, be disciplined in that approach, and so it has nothing to do with them. The folks, you know, any of them, has nothing to do with uh, with with them and their efforts to try to advance themselves. But so to your point, I, I hope that gives you some, you know, understanding of what I'm trying to do for myself. To do that. But you know, public, public, you know, public display of on-site support. But yeah, I think that's good. Thank you. To not be seen as the optic of yes, I promote this. Would you be saying if all your four council members go up in front of the camera and take a picture, are you willing to say, you know, maybe because of the way this whole project is going, are you willing to do that? Oh yeah, I have, yeah, I have no interest in, uh, yeah, there's no, no interest in, in promoting or, or being associated with uh, this at the time because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing my due diligence and, and you know. As Jason mentioned, trying to be in a semi-judicial role, so just trying to stay away from all of it. Is that, is that help or answer your question at least? Oh, hi. Um, I've been a resident of the St. Louis for 10 years. I have two children. They both went or are going through Elliott Ranch, the elementary school. It literally is on East Tarrant. Not very far. A lot of kids walk home. Um, there's also a soccer field and three parks and the clubhouse. So we have a lot of 
people walking, a lot of children riding their bikes. We already have a lot of traffic issues around school where the roundabouts are, lots of new misses. I know there has been a death at one of the other schools, so I know that it's an issue. So building this huge monstrosity of a hospital right here, I don't have confidence that the Planning Commission is going to be uh, planning in advance, not like after the fact. I mean, let's look at when Costco got built, nothing was done about bike lanes. So basically they went and drew green lines on the roads as an after fact or after plan for the bikes. I would let my kids ride on those bikes and not on those bike lanes. I wouldn't let my husband. I wouldn't ride, it's not safe. Similarly, they never planned for a high school around here. So kids have to commute five and a half miles to get to the middle school and the high school. So that's Pinkerton and Summerside High School, our schools. So I don't have any faith that if you can't even plan for a high school, you can't plan for bike lanes when you're uh, approving these things, that you are going to be planning for our kids who are walking home to and from school, to the soccer field, to the park, that, they're, uh, that you're going to be able to plan accordingly so that they are safe. We already know that they said they can't put like speed humps on East Tarrant because of it's a uh, major artery for um, like ambulances and fire trucks. So how do you keep our kids safe? Our kids, they are here um, after you build this massive hospital because we know that you're not planning in advance, you're planning after the fact. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there, there, there's a lot in that, in that question. I mean, uh, again, we have to we have to plan for whatever uh, impacts can be thought of that, that come out of the hospital. And obviously, safety of the neighborhoods is remains absolutely number one concern, especially for our kids. And so um, there's not. Um, I mean, I, I don't I don't have. Uh, a, Direct answer for you because it's, it's when it when it presumes a hospital would be built, right? And you know, I, we're not going to stop protecting our kids, and regardless of what's going on, that's probably safety's number one priority. Which I think has to be left, but uh, you know that's one of the things I, I was uh, very proud to uh, see is that. For our, we're still the safest district in the city. District one is still the safest district in the city. Crime's not down. Let's There's keep it that way. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I know. I'm just saying, but I'm going to say. Yeah, that's crime, which is also a worry. But I'm actually yeah. talking about cars, fire trucks, ambulances, and helicopters. We already have a traffic issue to get on and off the freeway. Yeah. And get in and out of our neighborhood, where this is going to be. When we talk about much bigger scale, we're talking about massive hospital, massive, 12 stories, so, and lots of new workers coming in and out, so um, it's not enough to say we're going to take care of it. I haven't seen you taking care of um, the traffic and safety issues of our kids at the moment. Like, Albrook doesn't do a great job. I don't have faith that the Planning Commission is going to be um, thinking it through before the not waiting for it to be built and then putting green paint on the road. Yeah. That doesn't look good. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah, thanks. It was built a lot over time, I guess, is the only thing I could say in the community. Yeah, we're, we're, 
right. It's, it's not perfect, for sure. Oh, it's not even close to perfect. I mean, I know Davis is uniquely Davis, but they at least try. When they built the target, they made a concerted effort to have a bike trail, like, leading to target. We, don't, we obviously are not Davis, and we, wouldn't, we don't want to be Davis, but, but it does feel like traffic and safety and our kids getting to and from school is not a priority for our growth. I mean, that's why we don't have buses to get our kids to high school, middle school. We have our high schools, middle schools all the way across town, so all of these parents are driving to and from all the time. And we put green paint on the road and call that a bike lane after the fact. <laughs> so, so I think we, we, we try to mitigate as much as we can. And relating to schools, the city doesn't have control over when schools are built or any of that kind of stuff. So that's the school district. Um, so we work with them as much as we can. As far as the green bike lanes, that's that's a relatively new thing that cities are doing. It's not a shouldn't be looked at as an afterthought. Um, it's it's to improve safety on the bike lane. So bike lanes already exist. Um, pointing, painting the green paint on there is meant to get the attention of the drivers to help it stand out more. There's been a lot of studies done across the world that by painting the bike lanes a different color like green, it helps it stand out and it helps improve safety. So that's that's why we did it, and we're doing it in other parts of the city as well. Um, and so for as far as the hospital um, goes. You know, through these studies, we'll determine what the impacts of that are going to be. And if the council decides to move forward, there will be all kinds of mitigation to address the concerns. We look at um, bicycle traffic, we look at pedestrian traffic, vehicle traffic, all those things get sorted out. It's not, it shouldn't be done after the fact, I agree. It should be done before, part of the planning. It's part of the approval process that we go through. It doesn't mean we're perfect. And a lot of the, the legacy things we have in Elk Grove are left over from the county. City's only been a city for 20. Most of the stuff was built long before the city was ever a city. So it's hard to retrofit stuff after the fact. After people have their properties, you have to go back in and buy additional right of way and, and widen things. It's just not to say we can't do it, but it's very expensive and very difficult after it's been built. And most of the stuff in this area has, was built long before the city became a city. All right. I helped out on uh, Darren's campaign and, and other uh, campaigns for people in Elk Grove, and so I'm just here kind of trying to help out. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I, I need. I just went up administratively. Yeah. Oh yeah. Needed. I was just curious. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. I never saw I, 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 yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I just uh, I like if, if you're trying to, uh, Darren is not a full time. This is not his day job. He's a you know, council is as well as his day job. So if you're trying to get in touch with Darren or you want to try and meet with him for coffee, I'm a good person to talk to because I can try and help in that way. Um, I, you know, I, you all have, you know, day jobs too. And so this is a, a big thing for you. So I'm not trying to minimize that. But he is doing this on, on top of his day job being a council member. That's what, yeah, that's what he signed up for. for is all right. It is what he signed up for. Okay, um, so, too much, you can okay, so I have a question. This is going to be more Jason. Um, I just want to clarify something that I did ask at City Council that um, the question is my understanding was that until the zoning gets approved CNU cannot uh, Demolish. Demolish this property. Is that correct? 
without, well, no, they can get a permit. Avalog, it was Avalog. Oh, yes, it was him. Thank you. Oh, um, so my understanding was that, and, and asked very directly at city council meeting, was that this property can't be demolished until, he said, yes, they have to get a permit for demolishment. And he said, not until it's been rezoned can this property be demolished. So I guess what I'm asking is for confirmation so Mr. Hawley knows, and then my follow-up question will go with that. So if you if you spoke with Mr. Ablog, Antonio, um, Antonio, yes, yeah, he's he's our planning manager, so he, Thank you. yes, he um, he has all the information about zoning and permitting and all those. He's he's overseeing all the entitlement process through through CNU, and so um, I I don't want to contradict what he told you. Um, I don't have all the information that I would need in order to give you an answer right now. Um, whether that's that's the case. Um, so I don't know that I can say anything different than what he told you. If that's what he said, I would rely on his his it's knowledge and judgment. Yeah. But um, so my purpose was just for Mr. Holloway to hear that information. So the second part of it is, you know, just through press releases, Facebook, whatever, and seeing what's happening with the properties here. Three tenants have already made deals. Several of the tenants are already are are you know trying to make deals or, or looking at other avenues. Mr. Weaver, unfortunately, I didn't know you were leaving next year. That kind of sucks. Um, so, my concern is being in healthcare, working in administration, and whatnot, it takes five to seven years once you get the entitlements to finish a hospital. Uh, maybe not the construction of a hospital, but before you get all the licensing floor by floor and unit. Yeah, before I, I mean, Oshpot itself is a two year process when I was close to Oshpot. If it's a five to seven year process, once the entitlements and Oshpot says, yes, you can build a hospital, but we still have to license you. And JCO still has to license. And everybody still has to come into all the, all the Department of Health, the State Department of Health, the local county, all the stuff that we go through on a day-to-day -day basis whenever for a large healthcare organization. If that's five to seven years out, does that mean we're gonna have an empty shopping center for five to seven years and the blight that Gary Davis has been talking about is now gonna occur? What's the rush to get these people out instead of letting them letting them continue to have their business? Because y'all have to get an EIR, that's gonna be at least 18 months. Once the EIR gets done, we all have to review it. So long process. We all know that 2022 is not happening in reality, right? Anybody in healthcare knows this. The city knows this. The city manager knows this. The only people who don't seem to know this is unfortunately the organization. And I don't know if you guys know this, but are maybe marketing differently. If if that's the case, why are we pushing these people out? Who's a barber? Is that my family business? I go to Stone, Stone uh, Bay. We're losing businesses. But y'all can't build a hospital yet. So, I mean, we're, I mean, so really, I'm kind of using you to go to him. It's all right. But what's, what's the push? We're going to have an empty, vacant lot that's going to get tagged. It's going to get, you know, I mean, kids are kids. They're gonna come in and do what they do. You do see homeless walking through now. I see some guys walking around. Um, crime has gone up. 
you know, I, I've spoken to the prior police chief about all the break-ins that we have in Stoneman. You can't leave your car in your driveway unless it's empty, because it will get broken. You'll have broken windows in the morning, and whatever you had, your 22 cents in your cup holder will be gone. But I get to pay the $250 deductible to fix my car. We don't have a great police presence now. So even though that has nothing to do with the hospital today, but we're already underserving the west side with police presence, unless they're doing like a hot bus and DEA's out here as like a hot house. They don't really come out here. I would encourage you with this opportunity. When that people get frozen and things, call it in. It is being okay. called in. Good. I just want you to because I got the, I got the stats from this chief right here this morning. From in our district between 2018 and 2019, it's a 46% decrease in burglaries. Uh, 30, That's I'm, just, I'm just telling you what the chief told me, okay? 35% decrease in theft. Robbery was the same. And well, there was an increase in stolen vehicles. It was that? But again, we are still the safest district in, in the city. We should be happy about that. So my point is, uh, let's just, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to hear you calling it in because if we don't hear about it, it doesn't show up in that. In I've called the traffic guys and said, okay. hey, um, stop signing your suggestions in Stone, in Stone Lake. And you guys have no <laughs> um, But why not? These are just already problems happening. What? And we're going to add, you know, uh, more people to the neighborhood. Got half million, million dollar homes out here. A um, lot of us moved to the west side because we were less populated. We were more spread out. That's why we have the lower crime rates. Um, so it's just, just stuff to take into consideration. And really, um, I guess my big concern is, yeah, there are no police signs. It would be terrible for them to have four lease signs up on the property when they can't effectively lease out the property, I mean, like what they did to Miyagi. Um, as far as community outreach, I understand that you guys have had change in the community outreach, but we as a group have, have requested Gary Davis to come down and speak to us about it. And he said, no, I'm not gonna talk to Snow Lake unless you guys are, are okay with the hospital. And I'm not oh, buying a Honda either. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all going to Honda right now. <laughs> 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 you know the guy Honda, I want to tell him that. We're going out to Roseville. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyways, you know, and, and so, so I mean just things, and the trust issues, and I'm hoping Mr. Hall is going to but the trust issues have been huge. Um, I feel like there is no protection for these business owners. I'm, we all know that this took forever to get going. I'm still waiting for my Starbucks. I don't have to go to Harbor Point anymore. I mean, I know it's not going to happen anymore, but I mean, if we're, we're looking to attract employment, uh, are we going to, you know, yes, the scale of a hospital bringing in that kind of employment is huge, but I don't see Kaiser building out here. I don't see dignity building on the west side. I don't see Sutter building on the west side. Sutter, you know, went and put their property for sale because they said it's not going to happen. Um, that that there, there's not enough business in Alcoa. I have another concern with the mayor going on um, on top. There's a video, uh, a local video, saying that his son 
had a shoulder injury out of wrestling, and it took him 45 oh. minutes at Kaiser. You know what? That's pretty damn good. Yeah. For shoulder injury? Go to Merciful anywhere. You're not going to get in in 45 minutes. And he said, if CNU was there and you had a stroke, saving life. They would save the life. Well, you know what? Damn it. That's what triage is for. And if I'm sitting there and I have a broken arm and I have a stroke, it's damn straight I'm going to take care of the stroke and the heart attack victim before I take care of a broken arm. So making, I, I just think it makes the city look bad and ignorant when our leaders out there making these broad, kind of just ignorant or uneducated statements and saying that. Our, our HOA member had a heart attack. During his heart attack, I can't believe he did this, he claimed his right to Southside Kaiser, seven minutes. Not 20, not 25, like what's being touted. Seven minutes, that's pretty damn good. Um, and if, if CNU was here that day as a Kaiser member, we weren't coming to CNU, we going to South South. 55% of Elk Grove residents have Kaiser. I heard it was seven. Well, I mean, can, I go, can I go there? <laughs> These are just things. Um, that to take into consideration. Uh, I know Darren have heard all this before, and, and Jason and you as well, but uh, really just using this as a platform to explain to the hallway that you know, we are an educated community. If we want to protect people out here, we're not dumb. Um, you know, it's much easier to pull this crap over on an uneducated population. Get it? We're not. We have doctors, nurses. A lot of us know that we don't want to live in a hospital. Don't want to let, yeah, so. Thank you. Oh, can I go to you? Yeah, if you don't mind, I'm going to have uh, Kathy go first. I'm going to stay here. And there's no green lane to get to the microphone. Um, so, oh, sure. Oh, that's okay. I'm pretty loud. I'm pretty loud. She doesn't know. I hadn't noticed. Okay, so, um, what I wanted to know is, if you, where were you when the TEFRA hearing happened? Yeah. And um, that was more important than that, because to me, that was very important. Yeah. And, uh, and I heard a few different stories, and so I just wondered where you were. Yeah. So I was down in Long Beach at the National Association of State Flood Management, uh, State, Flood Management Association of States. It's a national flood conference of which I was a panelist. Mm -hmm for homeless encampments on levees of what the bill that uh, some member Cooper was, was carrying and that the, the board and other folks in the flood community were uh, party to, so, or uh, sort of So I was speaking to that national panel uh, at one of the military uh, bases down there. Okay, and so how was, would you have voted I, had you done that? So I, <laughs> at that time, I mean, I was looking back at uh, well, first of all, it was 4-0, so I know that my vote wouldn't have made a difference. But I just like but to I, know. I, I know. <laughs> I, but, I, but I did say, I think I said earlier, when, when I look at uh, uh, what the temper hearing is about, it's not committing the money, the, uh, money in the city to any funds. Mm -hmm. It's a, it forces uh, a public process mm -hmm. to make things more transparent because it's a nonprofit. And it forces the uh, the requirements of getting public financing 
to me, it's a higher threshold. So there are things that would need to be in place in order for everybody to invest. So there's a question of viability that everybody's always had. Where's the money coming from? And I felt, I do feel like that, this will actually give us an idea whether there's any chance of anybody interested in financing this. So um, the other the other thing that I know a lot of people have talked about it and Omar brought it up about the money and we I've talked to you about this before about taking campaign contributions and you said several times that um, a camp you know you have to take campaign contributions I think everybody gets that but you said that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to vote with those people so I was just wondering if you can recall a time that you didn't vote with somebody who had given you money, that you voted against a project of theirs. Uh, well, I mean, you know, um, I mean, we've, so the thing about the project process is, that, you know, you have to you have a chance to work things out, like what I'd hoped, uh, you know, will normally happen to the outreach to the community and those things. And if, if your concerns are, are resolved, usually you're able to, you know, vote, hopefully you vote, vote yes, but sometimes you, so I, I don't I don't necessarily I don't remember if there's a time where we couldn't reach uh, agreement, but that doesn't mean that I um, took money either or received money in any campaign contributions. I mean, there's more. Um, so there's 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 things that uh, to do with city business that are not project applications that affect stakeholder groups and their thing. And so. Um, that I've argued for or against, and that has I've never taken or uh, received contributions from from those organizations, um, non-union organizations. Mm -hmm. Right. So there there are things like that. Uh, but projects, uh, you know, I am pro business. I'm pro business, and uh, you know, I I'm, I believe in economic development, but it's it's got to be done right. It's got to be done right, and that doesn't count. I, I guess, you know, so is it, I mean, it, recently we've had in, in the news about the, these contractors and the problems with the aquatic center, and yeah. Wilden, you know, you, you guys received a lot of money from Wilden, and I'm not a fan of Steely, so you can take that off the table. I never have been. I think he hates me. And um, so, but... So if, that, if that's determined that Wilden was at fault and you have to pay a lot of money out and stuff, would that change your view of giving them a lot of contracts? Well, uh, if, well if, they're, if they're at fault, I, mean, uh -huh. I, I think definitely. I mean, there's, okay. there's, but there's always, look, I guess I'm trying to answer a question about the, the aquatic center issue. I mean, that's a that's a legal decision. I know, I understand. Process, right? So, I mean, there's things I just I can't even go into the detail. That was just a hypothetical, though. If it turned out that it was that that any company, not Wilden, any company that you've received donations from, would made a huge, huge mistake that cost all of us a lot of money, would you be um, as quick to give them future contracts? So, if, so I, under your circumstances, if something costs you a lot of money, and they're they're false and they're malicious or, or whatever. I mean, yeah, I don't want to be necessarily associated with that, but that's, you know, contributions. I didn't make the law, Kathy, okay? Yeah. I mean, contributions are freedom of speech. And that's, no, no, I understand. Okay, so I mean, I just, you know, yeah, I, if we don't agree on, on whether I'm, you know, pro-business or, um, you know, I'm, I'm also 
you know, muscle for labor oh. and muscle for. Me too, uh, and I'm Parkinson's yeah. too. Yeah, I mean, so. these are. But I'm just saying, these are these are freedoms of speech. I feel like you know we're talking, you know, the about. You're obviously asking about campaign contributions, and I'm just saying I've been transparent about everything I've received. I've been within the law. I, you know, this is look. I've never been in politics before, but I do. You know, I understand this is where you know you have you have to raise money and run campaigns, and these things. So just one last question. Assuming this uh, the CNU project goes to a vote, and um, and you've decided that you're going to vote now because you just don't like it, or you think that your district will take you out and string you up or something, um, <coughs> what will you do to persuade your fellow council members to join you in voting no on it? Um, do you have that kind of juice? <laughs> I don't. Um, no. <laughs> I'm trying to be humble. I mean, they look. Um, but I think that I've, I've earned their trust when I ran for mayor. I think they know how I um, that I one who processes things and is due, does his diligence and homework on things. And you know, I. I will. I will hope that you know I can be persuasive. Uh, I can tell you I've I got the best chance at it. I think I'm. You know, in that regard, I think I can be more persuasive than, than the mayor. In my opinion. I don't know if that's true. I don't know. You know. I. I, I mean, these are all hypotheticals right. you're asking me. So, mm -hmm. and I know you know Armin wants to film this, but. Uh, <laughs> this is, these are my questions. These are 100% my questions. I'm just saying, I, I, I don't, I don't know how it's going to go down. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of moving parts in this thing. A lot of moving parts, right? Well, thank another, you. another moving part I would, I would like to see is, you know, seeing you to be doing the outreach that I would have expected, right? I mean, that's that's not going to happen. You know that. It's we should have just told you exactly, no matter how long it took the wolf to come out of his sheep's clothing, no matter how many times they, the ball moved from Davis to Blackstaff to Rosenberg to Holloway, Holloway stood right here in the room and said, every tenant in here willingly signed Section 42, which gives us the right to do whatever the hell we want, and we're not doing anything else, and we're not doing anything else. So regardless of anything that was said before today, like the premise of outreach when they're buying people to send them out of your district and send them away, it's just a public dialogue they're trying to control. The truth is now in the public eye, they're pushing the business out, and paragraph 42 is something Mr. Holloway obviously studied very hard in his public outreach to make good with the neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I wanted to speak to the um, September 24th Lakeside Committee where um, Darren came out and unfortunately it was an hour inside the building and then an hour in the parking lot. And no one, um, Holloway wasn't there, um, no one from the city was there, so it was a good meeting, CNU was brought up, our concerns of the community were brought up. Um, one part of CNU, which I wanted Holloway to hear, is that the Lakeside HOA committee 
suggested that they're okay with this being a school, but we do not want any general fund. Our general um, plans changed to meet for this project to be here. We want it to stay the way it is, the building height the way it is. Um, we have a senior community there with 250 plus homes that are all seniors. And even the seniors, we have 70, and the eldest person is a little over 100, still living in our home. And we do not want this to change. We want the community to stay the way it is. That was voiced there. I know the middle, we talked about the middle of El Grove, about a community center. Why can't this here be a community center? The elding, el, the vacant um, offices be um, classrooms, and we can have a brewery here, we can have a restaurant here, we can have student housing, we can have um, where it benefits the community. If you have activity here, it can bring the homeless down in this community. Be a benefit to the community, not an adversary to the community. Um, that is what was spoken up there um, at that uh, meeting. And we, they asked Darren for his support in this and to go back to the council to say, we want no change. We want it to stay. We want our trail system. We want, we have people who do photography on the trail system. We have their various clubs. That could be in a health, they have joined the health or fitness, the city does. CNU can benefit with that. We have a fitness center that can benefit students. Um, so CNU, this land can be used as a school. It doesn't need to be rich. I went out this week and I looked at the other CNU University. I'm not sure why this site, but over there there's land for sale. It has a medical center on it. It has acreage, a pool, it has a basketball court. It's for sale. It has these <coughs> right off of Highway 50. There would be no air conflict with a refuge. There'd be no problems with a levee. There's land around that. It already has Oshkosh. It's an active medical center close to the other university. So if you wanted to expand your university, right looking at what's for sale. Folsom would be happy to have a hospital over there. There wouldn't be as much conflict here as there um, over there. As far as airspace, there would be less. Here we have a, already SAC um, Airport has already redirected some traffic here. So you're looking at possible airspace of 200 to 500 um, feet versus uh, what else is already flying here. So if that was what the HOA over there and that's their stance is. Um, Darren as well asking, answering a lot of questions. But you really basically do not want the city council to make any changes. Okay. All right, thank you. Um, I, sure, go ahead. She does not speak for the HOA, the board no, of the no. She speaks for a group of people who live within the HOA. Yes, that's true. The board does not have an official stand no, no, on this. No. Okay. This is the issue. Right. Thank this you. This is the community. Sure. <laughs> okay. Our board does. Our board is against us. So we have one more person up at the mic, and then uh, we're getting close yeah. to. 
Two other people? Last call. One more beer. I can't stay. All right, please. Say one for me, too. Please. I'm going to go. Okay. It's nice to have the opportunity to not be limited to three minutes, and I want to personally thank you for taking the time to be at these, whether it's Stone Lake, Lakeside, or here, to listen to what we have to say. With that, I do not envy you. <laughs> I could not personally sit there and listen to all of the negativity and not just you know, want to scream something in response. So here's to you for having that patience within yourself to do that. Um, to capitalize on what she was saying as far as, like, why don't they put the zoning first? Why doesn't that become the first issue? I don't know anything about building businesses. I don't know anything about politics. But anyone that I've spoken to with regards to this, the whole cart before the horse concept that everybody keeps talking about, there seems to be a normal process or what would be perceived to be a normal process of how this should go. Yeah. So the fact that CMU is investing all of this money and they are continuing to go forward with all of this without having all of these pieces in place ahead of time, to me, speaks that they know something or they're in with someone where there is some arrangement, some agreement, mm -hmm. some backward green light that is not public knowledge. Mm -hmm. And that's the only yep. reason why they're going forward. It does not make any sense for any knowledgeable, successful business to go ahead and do all of these other things and expend all of this other money unless they knew that they had assurances that their, their plan is going to be voted for, whether it's rezoning, whether it's flood levies, whether or not it was going to go forward. So that's the scariest thing to us. As, as your constituents and as our community, we don't know the truth. And we're not going to know the truth until all is said and done. I know I personally, if CNU comes in, I'm leaving. I'm out. I'm selling the house. I'm gone. Because I don't want to be a part of this. I want you to also know that who's here represented tonight is the smallest fraction of the number of people that are opposed to CNU and that are against this project going forward. So I don't want this hallway to sit in comfort thinking, oh, there was only about 50 people there to speak up. You have no idea. No, no idea. idea. No idea. to digest about this whole thing is whoever does the PR for CNU, the consistent lie after lie and just misrepresentation, there's no coming back from this, in my opinion, for what they've done and what they haven't done and the way that they've treated these business owners. How do, how do you feel knowing that these businesses that you patronize are being basically run out? They would love nothing more than for this to sit like a big vacant ghost business center so that way they can come in and say, look what we've done. Yeah. Look what we've done with this empty, lighted eyesore that Gary Davis called it. This business center was at much greater capacity before CNU came in and made that announcement and started running people out of the door. It's disgusting. The way they treated the city. Right. I wasn't planning on talking. Everything's written on a Michael's receipt, so I think that's all I should do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did very well. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Wait. Wait. I, just, I just wanted to respond to that though. You know, um, uh, the other the other option is in our experience and what they're doing. That's that's the other option too. I, I personally can't fathom why, and I've said this to Mr. Holloway, why you would close escrow on land that you don't have entitlements to. That's a huge risk. Anybody who's ever done land development, right? 
that there's a calculated risk because you know that until you get those entitlements and any chance of getting revenue back, it's all you're all in. Like you're spending all this money, there's no return coming back. So usually, you don't buy a whole piece of property before you have your entitlements, right? So it's a mystery to, to me too. I guess is what I'm, what I'm saying to you. That I, I, don't, I don't know. Good evening. Uh, my name is Yumi Sarah. I'm one of <coughs> Darren's neighbor, neighbors on that side of um, Laguna West. I'm, I'm new to your group here, and it's good to, I'm here just to listen to what's going on in my own neighborhood and all that. I just, I just want to, it, it, I, and I've been listening, and I, I've just been listening to what all of you are saying, and there's, there's a couple of things I just wanted to feed back to you. One is that I want to congratulate you and thank you for being here. Um, it's really, it's, it's really civic engagement and democracy in action. I've been, um, I started getting involved actually with city and community engagement when they put, put in the gun range on, on I-5. I led the uh, very short-term protest against that gun range in my neighborhood because it was right in my neighborhood. We lost, but we won. Up, we, we we actually won part of the battle, and and I think um, I just want to give you guys an applause for being here. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you all for I mean, really showing democracy in action. The other thing, though, that I I heard um, is some of the, the the language that's being used, and. Um, it was just kind of hurtful to hear people talking about people experiencing homelessness and, and just, you know, they're not part of our community. They are part of our community as well. They're hurting as well. Um, the uneducated people, you know, we're, we're educated. It, it's just, it, it just, you know, it, it really hurt to hear those words. So... I, I mean, I'm educated as well. I've got a Yale degree. I mean, I'm pretty educated, but it's just, we just need to, when we talk about community, we really need to embrace all of the people in the community. So, thank you. Councilman, Ed Klenenberg, I'm also from North Oldham Lakeside. Good to see you. Um, just, again, thank you for coming out here with Ed Goldberger. A clubhouse before. Uh, I just want to talk kind of a little bit to remind people because we start talking about this idea of uh, we're doing all the there's all the opposition here, but ultimately it's up to the five members of the council to make that decision. Uh, we had an aha moment uh, back in around 2002-2003 with Maritime West, which is that development just north of here, yeah. Elk Grove. You probably see it uh, with big empty field. There. Uh, there was an example where an out-of-town developer came in, uh, basically uh, had their own ideas what they wanted to do, took all our job-creating areas over there, uh, basically, uh, despite having the opposition of our own uh, county supervisor, um, the planning commission of then uh, the county of uh, Sacramento, universal opposition of every agency, including <coughs> Elk Grove, they were able to get it passed. Three votes to two. 
So stuff like that does happen. And especially what caught to me when you talked about the uh, I-5 uh, carpool lanes now being built, one of the comments by one of the other supervisors vote for it is how wonderful Elk Grove is and those wonderful carpool lanes going down I-5. This was back in 2003. <laughs> so so I, I just want to point out that it's important not only um, that we have your support, but also what's your senses of the other council members? Are they interested in this project? Is this more disinterested? In it? What do they see? Uh, what kind of information are they getting? Well, we, you know, we, we can't talk about those things, um, but I know the Brown Act. Oh well, yeah. So the so the Brown Act ensures open transparency uh, of meetings, right? So we can't have more than five. We can mark them to to one other council member. Um, so I I know they're aware uh, of of things because people come to the meetings, but I don't I don't have you know I, I can't talk to them, so I don't I don't necessarily know. But I, you know they. If I look reverse it, and when things are happening on the east side, um, you know, I definitely look at what testimony they give from the dais, and I listen to them. You know, I, as I have faith in their decision making, and processing on things, and I I would venture to say they're giving me the same deference on, on the side of town. So that's probably why you haven't heard too much. So, and, I, and I don't know if you know, but I championed the fight against that rezone. That's, yeah. you know, I was the chair of the Community Plan Advisory Council that happened. I was at the County Board of Supervisors meeting, right? And that was my experience of my district voting. And that's why I was so, uh, you know, it, it was something that, that my experience of that, because I know a lot of people say that they like my district, which is fine, but not being able to, and the reason, I believe the only reason why we got three, two votes is because uh, Muriel Johnson knows I was born and raised in the Greenham Pocket area up there north. And so I, you know, she knows a lot of my family, she knew a lot of my family and parents and my wife's family and all of that. So I, I think we were able to get to two. We've got a do-over now. Uh-huh. Well, it's only one, I'm only, it's only me, right? right? So It's only, yeah, so I mean, you know, so that, that that that's the example I use because we lost, uh, and, and you know, no district for lives in that area now, but we, we lost big time because we, to me, that was the interest of South County. We had a chance to have a true employment center there, and they didn't let Elko Boulevard, Elko Interchange had just opened recently, and they didn't let that marinate, if you will, for a little bit longer. So, appreciate you bringing that one up. Thank you. All right. And our host gets the last mic. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, she can sing too. Come here, Carrie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Turn the music on, Chris. Right. So um, I thought that you would mention all the way, but I want you to know that first, right after the building was sold, Alvin Chung came over here and sat in our bar, ordered a beer, and we said, what do you want to do with this place? And he said, we want to use some of the empty suites for clinics for our students, and then we want to be your marketing partner. This is going to be the most successful shopping center ever. <laughs> wow. From day one, he was lying to us. From day one. Then we had attorney after attorney after attorney come in and out. And the last attorney we had in here, 
No, after Wag, after Rosenberg or whatever. Wagstaff. He came in here, and this man with Mr. Lee was so rude. And he said, well, we're going to move you down to this building, and you have no say in it, and da 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 And I said, okay, well, let's just, let's look at it like this. You say that's phase three, so we can be down there while you're building down here. I said, let's say you've had the worst day in court ever. The judge picked on you, everybody picked on you, and you just want to go somewhere and sit on the patio and have a beer. Are you going to go in a construction zone? <laughs> he said, that's irrelevant. And I said, it's not irrelevant to my bottom line. And he said, well, legally, it's irrelevant. Paragraph 42. Outreach. I would like to know if any of you have your day from hell at work, you want to come sit on my patio while they're jackhammering or building or hammering. I work in a construction zone. Brian knows where I work. I work at the Echo Water Project, and I don't even work where they're doing construction. Do you know what they give us, employees? Car wash cards. I don't even work for their building, but there's so much dirt and dust that they get free car washes. So the idea that they can mitigate dust, noise, any of that stuff is nonsense. Nonsense. The other thing I would like to do is thank everybody who has patronized our business. I don't know if you've been in our back room, but we had a little car show here in June for the Tara O'Sullivan Memorial Fund, and we raised $10,000. And that's because people like you paid $20 to show your cars, or you bought a t-shirt, or you bought a beer, or you bought a raffle ticket. Our, I can't, we had been open three weeks when the fires happened in Santa Rosa, three weeks. So you know, we did a food drive. We've always been a part of this community. We've given to the police department. Right now, if you drink a glass of military working dog, a dollar of that beer goes to the Veterans Memorial being built. Because in case you haven't noticed, my husband, Maria. <laughs> Veteran-owned small business that we put our heart and soul in. And for you to just say, paragraph 42, it'll work just as well over there until phase three happens and then you're getting demolished. Shame on you. Shame on you. Yep. Shame. Thank you, and uh, Liz and Dave, thank you very much. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, there's a Stone Lake HOA meeting next Tuesday, right? Uh -huh. Tuesday. Tuesday. Uh, yeah.
Yeah, so he's going to be here. Yes. So like, is that open for everyone? Or? So like, oh, yeah. Yes, it's a board meeting. Sorry. Sorry. It's a very exclusive club. <laughs> <laughs> we asked, we tried to get some people on the lakeside. They wouldn't let us in over there. So, yeah, it's, it's payback. Um, yeah. Well, there's a good reason for that. You got to save, save contact pass back to the other side of town. Exactly. So it's all right. Um, are that way. Yeah, I know. So, one thing is clear. I, I'm pretty sure you uh, I, I now believe that you should have done something different on December 20th, uh, 20, uh, 2018. It was probably better use of your time than yes. how you spent it, and uh, that's that's pretty clear. Um, you know, I, I think as you heard, uh, you know, this, this side of town is, is pretty upset about all this. Um, you know, there's various degrees of skepticism about, you know, where the city council is and where you are personally. I appreciate the fact that the, actually the only two public events that actually we've even had a chance to talk about any of this at one, at you at, at, at the Asian Athletic Center and here tonight, and, that, and that's good. And, and you know, we, we hope you're hearing us loud and clear about how unwelcome this project is in our neighborhood. This is sort of the West Side Mushroom Farm. You know, we're kept in a dark cupboard with bullshit. When our heads popped up, they're going like, private problems are done here. Okay? Uh, that's how we feel. And that's not going to happen. We will, we will wake these guys out. Okay? Um, you know, the reality is, this project makes no sense from the get-go. And, and a couple of things that I just, you know, I, I was trying to take some notes about what are the big picture, because everybody, you know, there was a lot of people that had a lot of things to say. There's a couple of things that just pop up. One is the transparency issue. And that's what I referred to earlier as the mushroom farm. From day one, okay, this has been kept in the dark. We don't know what's going on. I made, I went down to City Hall right after it got announced, looked at the application, which could have been written in crayon. I got terrible handwriting. I could barely read whoever wrote it. I have a good feeling I know who. A couple days before the press, press conference, there, as far as I know, that application still isn't done. They only have three stories of the 12-story building with blueprints. And, and that leads to the question of like, well, is this even real? Is this a head fake? You just get it like rezoned and then something else happens. So everything about this project has stink all over it. And the, the problem is, is that by prematurely getting excited about all the economic development opportunity this has, you know, you as well as some of your colleagues, and I've talked to a couple of other officials who kind of wish they were doing something else on December 20th. Um, are caught up in that, and we're, we're understandably skeptical, some of us more than others, but so we are counting on you to basically you know, protect our community here. That's very important. One of the things that was talked about here is um, you know, the safety issue, and, and this is a complicated issue because I think someone pointed out quite honestly that you know, no one here wants to you know, pick on homeless people, no one here wants to pick on people who are suffering or anything else. Many of us have personal you know, my, my biological father died on the street, so I'm kind of sensitive to this, and, uh, and uh, I think everybody's like that. But the other point, however, is what's the release policy of this place? If this really is a trauma center, our understanding of trauma centers, once you're fixed, you're released. Okay, well, how's that going to work? What does that mean for law enforcement? What does that mean for the campground that's going to be at Donovan Tolley Park? Okay, this is a quiet community, and I don't want to sound cold-hearted or being a jerk about this, but that's, you know, that's a real concern. And, uh, you know, I have no idea, and I, I have zero confidence that CNU's thought about that or has any sort of plan whatsoever about that. So transparency, 
the applicant, you know, is making you guys look like a bunch of fools. And I think one of your colleagues, uh, Councilman Hume, at the at the Tefra hearing, where he basically said, "I'll vote for this guy because I kind of think I have to." But you know, this is totally premature, and you're putting me in a bad position. You guys are all in a bad position. I think they have one vote right now for sure. I'm going to try to make sure that there's three votes that will never support this thing. And I think everybody in this room, it, it, well, I can't say for anybody, there may be people who support this here, but the vast majority of people there are, are, are on that. These people bought a shopping center. That's what this is zoned for. It's not zoned for an 800,000 square foot, 12-story building that's bigger than the state capitol with helicopters and all that noise in the trauma center. Period. That's what they bought. If, if, if uh, Dr. Chung told uh, uh, Liz that he wants to have a, a, the, the world's best shopping center here, along with the clinic, great, we're all with him. Okay, that's clearly not true. So I would just encourage you uh, also, to, and, and finally, um, when you've heard of the small businesses, this breaks my heart. I, I was one of the first people that moved into this track, and I, I happened to sit on a plane once with a guy that built this place. This was the most expensive, he, this was the proudest thing he ever built. He opened it right when the recession came. That lost his shirt on this. Okay, it took a long time to get all these businesses here, and they're all being run out. You know, there's an old uh, Clint Eastwood movie, I think Pale Rider or whatever it is, about the, the people are trying to shut off the water and drive everybody out. That's what's going on. And it's just not acceptable. And so we need the city council to step up and step on the applicant. If this is real, let's get information out there so we actually know what's going on. No more BS about how they're treating our, our small businesses. This reflects very poorly on our community. At, 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 the, at the meeting you had in February, I asked the development people, is there any other place in Elk Grove where you encourage businesses, you've given them entitlements to, to locate here, and now you're killing them. Is there any other place? And the answer was no. But that's the image the city's going to get. It's going to be a chainsaw and a, and a, you know, a wrecking ball. And we can't have that. So I would encourage you to keep talking to us. We're, you know, I realize that we're you know, pretty testy group because we're pretty pissed off. This will not happen. We're not going to go away. And you know, we, will, we will do whatever we, we can do legally, uh, you know, politically, or whatever else to make sure this doesn't happen. And I do appreciate you coming out here and listening to us tonight. I'm sure it's been uncomfortable at times, but you know, this, this is real for us. We have a nice, quiet community. We want to keep it that way. You got great schools, safe parks, whatever else, and whatever profit <coughs> motive is, is driving this thing, and it's a mystery to me because I can't think of a worse place to put a hospital, but it, it will not happen. We will, we will stand in the way the whole time. So we appreciate you coming out, and we would encourage you to continue reaching out to us, and we will, uh, we're not a quiet group, you'll continue to hear from us. And I, want, I just want you to know that this is like, yeah. This is the issue for this, this side of the, the community. Whatever else we may agree or disagree on, this is one. It will not. It will not pass here. It will not. We will. We will not go. You know. Uh, we will. We will not just quietly let it happen. So thank you again for coming out. And uh, yeah. Jim, thank you. Thanks for sharing those words, Jan. I want to thank everybody uh, for coming out tonight. Okay, one more quick question in that. Yeah, it's okay. really, yeah. really quick. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask Jason, is the city even remotely concerned about any potential blowback from the businesses that were capped at four stories if you approve one at 12 yeah. stories? 
I mean, wait, the, the Holiday Inn, for example, um, I, I think, mm -hmm. if I remember correctly, if they went up a single more story, then the snowy egret was going to crash into it and die. So is that same bird going to somehow go around a 12-story building? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, are you worried that we might get sued from the people that wanted, would have liked to have a 12-story we, we might take legal action on council for coming out on December 20th last year and violating our right to quiet enjoyment, and that could be quite expensive for the city. And I know that's not your issue, but a city manager has a possible on the board. He like So, point uh, noted, in, in the environmental studies, you know, they will look at that, and I mentioned that, that analysis will be all summed up in that. And I know it's late, but I also just want to again thank all of you for coming out for feedback. I really appreciate it and the engagement. Uh, I, I'm here, you know, uh, yeah, some of this was stuff to hear, but I'm here because I care. I hope that comes across. I care about this community. Thank you very much. Can you please let the other council members know what happened here tonight? No. I'm happy to announce that during council comments. That's that's what I can do. You know, that's my point earlier. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you all for coming out.